Sarah McLaughlin, and I'm about to ruin your day. I'm not going to show you horrible pictures of graphic animal abuse, or even bring up the Starfish Fund. No, today I'm here to talk about a new nationwide tragedy, podcasters being locked inside of hot cars. We've all heard the horror stories of animals being left in hot cars, but the effects of being left inside a hot car for a podcaster is even more devastating. This is Darren Wilson. Darren once had a podcast that was a fun mix of left-leaning politics and movie reviews. But after being locked in the front seat of an Audi on a particularly hot afternoon, Darren's new show is now nothing but an infomercial for the Republican Party. Dwayne and David were both locked inside of a hot minivan for more than two days, and now their podcast is dedicated to comparing each page of Stephanie Meyer's Twilight books to the corresponding films. Here is Vanessa from New York. After an experience stuck in a hot car, Vanessa now podcasts live commentaries for Adam Sandler's movies. Finally, we come to Ricky and Danny. These young men spent a hot afternoon in the front seat of a Ford Fusion. Now, their once family-friendly show is nothing but an expletive-laden podcast reviewing all the Platinum Dune remakes of 80s films. These are just a few examples of tragedies that have been reported. Podcasters being trapped in hot cars is quickly turning into a nationwide epidemic. Please, if you see a podcaster trapped in a hot car, act immediately. Don't wait for authorities. Take action. The next show to be affected could be your favorite. Please, be there, Angel. from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Garbage people. Cinema Psyops. My personal view is that it's nauseating, disgusting, degrading, ghastly, skinny, truly unpiolistic and generally nauseating. They are unbelievably nauseating. They are the antithesis of I regard them as disgusting, nasty, horrible, without any kind of merit. I just do not believe that any allegedly cultural activity which strikes at the roots of culture is to be applauded. They represent nothing to my mind enduring, decent, or worthwhile. I just do not believe that they contribute anything worthwhile to inflict themselves upon society at large. I would like to see somebody Psyops with Hort and Matt. Welcome to Cinema Psyops. I am joined in this studio with a man mysteriously wearing sunglasses. Matt, not wearing sunglasses. You're wearing sunglasses. <laughs> I'm not wearing sunglasses. You're wearing sunglasses. I miss alcohol. I bet you do. You look fucking miserable. I well, I really am. Yeah. Well, you know who's probably extremely miserable? Who? Coming to us from Western Pennsylvania inside a locked hot car. 
a podcaster abusing himself to be on the line with us. It's Ryan. How's it going, buddy? You know, I was just listening here, uh, you know, waiting for you guys to introduce the guest, and I just realized, oh, it's me this time. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody says that because we do everything live and we just kind of go for it gung-ho and we, we improvise. We've been accused of uh, scripting shit, but no, we improvise. Neither one of us is going to follow any kind of script ever. Hey, real quick, mm-hmm. uh, what page in the script are you on right 13. now? 13. God damn okay, it, you're ruining you. the illusion. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What you emailed me here earlier. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, okay. 13, page 13. You got it, Ryan? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's okay. right before the anal jokes. Oh, ah, no, no. I, I, I exercise those. You're, oh. You you got to be on draft three. Draft three. Oh, draft oh. Three. Tri- tri- okay. Ryan, on. I emailed oh, you draft three, right? Oh, uh, okay. Oh, okay. Right before what the dick jokes? Yeah, that's right. That's all draft right, three. All right, all you should have draft three. Okay, yeah, yeah, got okay, it. We're okay. on the same page. Uh, let's see, and... Oh, so Ryan has his own podcast. We made the joke about him being locked inside yeah. a hot car. Is that the name of the podcast? Locked <laughs> inside of a hot car? Because that is so hot right now. <laughs> what, the car? I to that. <laughs> and being locked inside of one, apparently. You can't go a day without hearing a news story. This is the summer of kids and animals being locked inside of hot cars. Well, the struggle is real for podcasters in Ryan's yeah. case. Yeah, Ryan's locked inside of a hot car. Beyonce keep forgetting them. Let's just say I'm glad I passed on chili for supper tonight. <laughs> oh, the smell would be oh, unbearable. God. Oh, swamp ass mixed with chili fart. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait. I messed up. I messed up. I flubbed the line. Okay. On page 16. Uh-huh. Abnormal mm-hmm. State Theater. That is the name of Ryan's podcast. Oh. And he's sacrificing yeah. his health and his body to join us on the show to promote mm-hmm. the show. So, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Tell us all about your podcast, man. Really, it's just me talking about movies I like, anything that happens to be in my collection uh, is fair game. Uh, I usually focus on um, sci-fi, classic horror, you know, B-movies, that sort of thing. I try to keep it family-friendly. I mean, I like listening to garbage people, but I'm not very good at being one. Well, we're going to apologize in advance for not caring about the use of our language. Hey, we'll change that. We'll change that, Ryan. You'll be a garbage person before it's all said and done. We will infect you with our evil. That is also sexual. <laughs> We're going to inject you with some hot curse words. Wow, that got rapey fast. <laughs> wow. 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 I know. Yeah. I felt yeah. a little how, uncomfortable how, how saying many, it. How many minutes are we into this already with the rape jokes? Uh, less than five. It <laughs> <laughs> wasn't Far so much a rape thing. joke. Yeah, he's a- not joking. He'll do it. <laughs> It's well, more of a any, it's it's more of a drug joke. Okay, let the man talk. He's right. got to talk about his podcast. All right, I'm sorry. No penetrations involved either way. So yeah. <laughs> Yay, not so family friendly now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I was hoping by the middle of this month to have a new batch of episodes ready to drop into the feed. I had all these grand plans. I was going to record a whole season in advance and everything. And then the past couple months, that all just completely collapsed. Essentially, within the space of um, about four weeks, I lost my job of 17 years and I'm not getting another one. I'm going to try to go on disability because between my heart and my depression and my anxiety, I can't take that anymore. Um, so um, here's hoping. But um, about two weeks after that, I got engaged and um, hoping to be married about the middle of August. My immediate question is, is the engagement the source of the depression? Or the anxiety? No, no. no. Uh, oh, well, okay. that's, a, that's a good no. thing. Matt, is, yeah. Matt and I have also found that that helps. Yeah. What about the uncontrollable <laughs> flatulence 
Oh, everybody suffers from that. <laughs> Particularly in our age bracket. Yes, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trust me, I had trouble with that long before I met her. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am sorry to hear about the job, but I'm hoping that it will work out well for you for the disability. And yeah, screw those dicks anyway. You used to actually go by Dr. Gearhart. Do you want to explain why you chose that name to our listeners? Um, well, yeah, initially, when I first started the, the show, I um, was trying to create a character i dr rd gearhart uh, i use the name gearhart and actually also sort of the little production entity that i do this under clockwork cardiac productions all goes back to my heart trouble about seven years ago i had a mechanical heart valve implanted yeah i got all kind of stuff wrong with me heart wise i've got a defibrillator pacemaker which has lit me up a few times and Yikes. um then Jesus. yeah yeah uh, then i got the mechanical valve implanted and so pretty much now for the rest of my life I'm going to have sort of that uh, Edgar Allan Poe telltale heart style ticking in the background. It's totally background noise to me at this point, but it is fun to be like in an elevator or in a quiet room and other <laughs> people hear this ticking and they're like, where's that coming from? And I'll, I'll just sit there and let them wonder. If I were you at that point, uh, when someone says, do you, anybody hear ticking? You pull out your cell phone, you get on and you go, I'm sorry, did you execute order 52 already? <laughs> In this environment, oh, that's dangerous. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have no sensibilities about this whatsoever, so don't maybe take my advice. Okay, so you're technically yeah. a cyborg, right? Because you have a mechanical heart valve. Yes, sir. Yep. That's badass. Sus. All mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. I like to say I'm the most steampunk guy I know. <laughs> now, if there's actually but. steam coming out of you now. In this hot car, it just might uh, be. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> We're going to try and make the episode quick for you just because of that. We're going to try I'm and not. hold you to. Of anyway, course you I won't. Here's where Matt gets on a soapbox diatribe about healthcare, about, <laughs> about healthcare or some shit. Yeah. And by mm. God, <laughs> how can people get their hands on Abnormal State Theater? Where Where is it available? Um, well, right now it's uh, it's available through iTunes. Um, I've gotten over the past two years. Uh, it's been very inconsistent, but over the past two years, I've gotten nine episodes and a few like little mini sods recorded as well. Um, it's available on iTunes. I'm hoping to get stuff migrated over to Podbean so I can start, you know, getting some decent um, art with the podcast because right now it doesn't seem to be using the picture that I initially had loaded for it. And, you know, just kind of giving that a fresh start there, you know, because as I understand it, places like Podbean, you just give them the picture and that's it because I tried through FeedBurner. It just didn't seem to want to work. So, I mean, you can tell I'm not totally very experienced with all this. For it being just an occasional hobby thing that you do, you actually produce mm -hmm. a really well done show. And that's one mm -hmm. of the things that uh, I, I definitely said whenever I found your show. I think you migrated towards our page and became a member of our group. And you found mm -hmm. us, and then we just started conversing from that because yeah, yeah. And yeah. you gave me a lot of good advice. <laughs> I don't know about yeah, that. I, 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 yeah, yeah. I incorporate a lot of what you told me. Or gave you such great advice, like listen, wait till the hottest part of the summer, then get <laughs> inside a lot car, and then do an entire <laughs> podcast inside that lot car. It's gonna be gold, uh, baby, gold. I said for total audio <laughs> isolation, you got to get yourself in one of those 1920s refrigerators in the middle of summer. Do you have access to a coffin? Okay, this is what I want you to do. Dude, seriously, they make the best sound barriers. I want you to get inside that coffin, pay a couple guys to bury it six feet under. Don't forget to remind them they have to unbury it. Within two hours or you're definitely dead. Oh, you're definitely going to be dead. We're going to call it the two hours or you're dead podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Poor bastard. That's the problem. I'd be screwed to begin with. I mean, here in Fayette County, you give them the money and they're gone. Ha 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 ha!
<laughs> they just leave you in the coffin. They don't even bury it. Yeah, ah, yeah. sucker. <laughs> they got paid. <laughs> All right, so it's out there on iTunes and it's available. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you have it set up for Stitcher and everything else like that, or? Um, no, no, I, I really need to do that. Um, definitely. That's you know, yeah, yeah, Stitcher and what do they call those places? Podcatcher sites or? Yeah, any any kind okay. of uh, podcatcher. Uh, Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play Music has a, a podcast set up as okay. well. A lot of places like Podbean will make that a lot easier for you too. And I'm not mm-hmm. just a shill for them. That's who I started out using before we were so yeah. gross with being on the. Legion podcast network that we're currently on. Garbage mm-hmm. people for life. Yes. <laughs> Not the whole Legion podcast, just us and some of our cohorts. Yes. We're, uh-huh. we're slowly taking over. But be- uh-huh. I, yeah, part of me wants to ask you how the thing's going with the time chicken, but I don't want to, you know, wreck wherever you are in that storyline. So Which time chicken? Yeah. Which time chicken and which storyline? We have multiple realities now and we yeah. don't even know which one you're a part of anymore. The, the time I, chicken I, might have uh, crossed and now he picked up the ability to crossing the new dimensions. Well, no, I did that oh. with the Paradox Oh, generator. did you? Yeah, that's my fault. God damn it. Yeah. I told you that thing what? was going to be nothing but trouble. I know. When did this turn into an episode of Doctor Who, by the way? As soon as you realize that both Matt and I are huge Whovians. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey. I'm right there with you guys. So, well, speaking of black holes and Doctor Who, that's what we're talking about tonight. Disney's the black hole. I thought you were going to go someplace completely different with that when you the, said, speaking of black holes. Matt's saying it's black holes, folks. It'll suck in everything, including light. <laughs> no, but we're talking about Disney's the black hole because Ryan was gracious enough to come on our show and bring his own cinematic trauma with this. And I'm edging to get there. And by edging, I mean I'm holding uh, back. Yeah, you're holding back. Yeah, I'm really edging. I mean, I've seen you stroke 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 and then stop and then you're just maintaining eye contact with me and I don't know what you're doing I'm edging it's a new thing just concentrating yeah all right I'm working my way up to tantric sex that's a thing with myself it's a thing it's totally a thing thing. it's a thing thanks Thanks, Dave Dave. (laughs) put that in your Kama Sutra loose leaf (laughs) I'm writing my own and I certainly will the funniest part about that is loose leaf (laughs) (laughs) absolutely well while we get ourselves and our composure back together to talk about the black hole we're going to take a little break here. We'll play a promo for a podcast that I legitimately enjoy and love, Matt. Legitimately enjoy and love. Legitimate. Legitimately just enjoy and love. Like you could put it on your insurance. It's so legitimate. It's not that legitimate. Uh Oh. Because it's not a tangible being. It's just a podcast. I'm just saying if it were a tangible being, you legitimately love it so much, you could put it on your insurance. I guess. Okay. I don't know how the laws work for that. And since Trump's taken over, I don't think anything can be insured anymore. (laughs) That unless you're a man and a woman. (laughs) you happen to be white and That's a billionaire it. and a billionaire well, while we sort that out i'm going to play a promo for a podcast i legitimately love and enjoy matt uh, all right all right we'll have some music and when we come back the trailer from the black hole plug it in joe we'll see what happens they come from the bowels of box office oblivion Well, it's big and terrible. A race of films unknown and unappreciated by all but the most warped and abnormal film geeks. It's not natural. And now, one man with an overgrown video collection and no social life brings back these forgotten classics. Come to me, Golem. Sometimes to his delight, and sometimes to his regret. Uh, Are you out of your stupid run and skull, you dumb man? Can your mind handle the bizarre offerings of abnormal state theater? No, you are going to get it. Oh, you are going to get it. Presented monthly by Clockwork Cardiac Productions. 
when we return to our planet, the High Court may well sentence you to torture. On the nose, Matt. Yes, on the nose. <laughs> Black hole. I'd say so. Mind. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert: There's not a lot of stuff out there for black holes. And really? Music-wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing. There's a Man or Astro Man album entitled "Beyond the Black Hole." Yes. And can we just get beyond the black hole? Can we get beyond your butthole? No. Okay. <laughs> That's the one thing we can't get beyond. You know what I can't get behind beyond, Matt? <laughs> What's that, Court? I can't get behind you, but you know what I can't get beyond? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> this trailer. We're getting sucked in! There is an inexorable force in the cosmos where time and space converge. A place beyond man's vision, but not his reach. It is the most mysterious and awesome point in the universe. and now may be forever. And my ship, you ask? It is unavoidable, moving through space, swallowing everything in its path, radio waves, light. Are you programmed to speak? Even planets and stars. Fire thrusters. That madman is headed straight for the black hole. What'll we do? We wait. Now. Gravity's at maximum, Dan. Oh my God, I think it's got us. Man is about to enter. We got a break here, too. The black hole. A journey that begins where everything ends. Holy fuck, that trailer makes it sound like such an intense movie. Yes, it, it does. It really does. I love that trailer voice guy. Yeah, this is a good one. He's like one of the best of the 70s, if you ask me. Don LaFontaine, I think, was uh, the trailer guy that did all the inner world type of trailers. In a uh, world in where the, people yeah. talk like this all the time. Yeah, yeah. I need some yeah. Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> in a black hole which is unescapable much like matt's mother's vagina holy shit dude <laughs> Damn, wow dog. yeah what that's fucked up i'm just saying it's but got you, its own you, gravitational you, pull you had a fucked up way about you you knew this i did yeah i did uh, can we come back from that are we gonna come back from are that we gonna all? come back from from you talking about my mother's privates <laughs> yeah are we i don't well, we'll just skip into talking about your butthole. We'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. Another place that's inescapable by all gravity. <laughs> it just draws you in. Mm. <laughs> I think that's an event horizon I'd rather. <laughs> 
coincidentally, those words are tattooed right above my tramp stamp. <laughs> Well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what that's right there. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see? <laughs> Do you see? Yes, I see. You see now. <laughs> and, and, and time just continually slows down. You know, the closer and closer. <laughs> And the gravitational forces will definitely crush you by the time that you enter. Mm-hmm. The TARDIS uses his crack for energy. It does. It does. <laughs> the brown eye of harmony. <laughs> it's a thing. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Okay, so Disney's The Black Hole from 1979, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. The year of my birth. So birth year movie. Yay. Hey. 79 was mm-hmm. a great year for flicks, if mm-hmm. you ask me. All right. The movie that also uh, caused me to stop trusting Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Just because it says Disney doesn't mean it won't hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. Good reason. Just see Song of the South. <laughs> don't, don't. We're not. We're not. No, we're, we're not, not going doing that. There. We're not going there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The shame of it is that uh, I hate to go off on a tangent here, but when that Song of the South um, episode came out, all I could think of was the fact that in one of my grade school chorus concerts, we actually used a bunch of songs from Song of the South, and now I think to myself, how wrong was that? <laughs> <laughs> At the time for grade school, they got away with a lot of stuff because I mean, I'm in my mid to late. 30s here mm-hmm. and I actually remember in my grade school singing the We Are Siamese song from some Disney stuff and nobody thought anything about the racial insensitivity of it so The Black Hole the film opens on a grid view with a credit sequence going on over top of it and it's all set over top of outer space this is a star-studded cast as you see the credits roll up you basically get names that you should recognize by now talking Roddy McDowell Ernest Borgnine if you're me your man crush Robert Forrester <laughs> <laughs> Robert Forrester was a thing for me before Bruce Campbell was a thing for me. One of the most solid actors in that of that decade, really. Absolutely. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dave. Thank it's you. definitely a Thank thing. Thank you, David. You're absolutely right. Uh, he is one of the better actors to come out of the 70s, and he was vastly underappreciated. So I love to see Robert Forrest get uh, a much better career in sort of the winter of his life. And I, I hate to say it, but I think it's probably thanks to Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Jackie Brown. But that's okay. That's the one thing Tarantino does that I'll respect him for, giving mm-hmm. older actors a another chance so but as these credits are sort of being displayed over top of outer space we then see that the grid work is actually like a wireframe display of a black hole and we see that the space the final frontier is actually wrapping around that and that leads us to our very first clip 2130 day 547 unscheduled course correction due at 2200 pre-correction check rotation axis plus three degrees Nitrous oxide pressure, 4,100, rising to 5,000. Quad jets C and D on pre-select. Rotor ignition sequence beginning in 3-0. Thrust align reactors on standby. Vincent, notify me with 15 to go. Alex? Yes, Dan. Have you determined a difference in ETAs with and without our correction? Working on it. You know, we shouldn't be needing a correction at this time. Vincent, run a confirmation on the last inertial fix and check it with another celestial, please. I have. It is correct. But I think I found the reason for our present variation. Mr. Pizer? Yes, Vincent? Mr. Pizer, I think you should come up here. What's up, Vincent? The largest black hole I have ever encountered, Mr. Pizer. Hmm, let's have a look at it on the holograph. My God, right out of Dante's Inferno. Yes, the most destructive force in the universe, Harry. Nothing can escape it, not even light. I had a professor who predicted that eventually black holes would devour the entire universe. Why not? When you can see giant suns sucked in and disappear without a trace? 
Give us a magnification, Vincent. Polarizing image. Every time I see one of those things, I expect to spot some guy in red with horns and a pitchfork. It's a monster, all right. A rip in the very fabric of space and time. But I picked up something else of interest. Let's see it. It hasn't moved since I first picked it up. It seems to be some kind of ship. Do you copy, Alex? Roger, Dan. Enlarge again, Vincent, and let's try to identify it. But how could anybody be out here ahead of us? Octorius 10, United Kingdom. Liberty 7, United States. Russian Experimental Space Station Series 5. France, Sahara Module 5-3. Pluto 4, Japan. United States, Space Probe 1. That's it. USS Cygnus. Dr. Kate, wasn't that the ship your father was on? USS Cygnus. Its mission to discover habitable life in outer space. Same as ours. Signal that ship, Vincent. Activate the sensors, Charlie. You bet. They were recalled to Earth 20 years ago. Their mission considered a failure. How that must have galled Dr. Hans Reinhardt. Did you ever meet Commander Reinhardt? <laughs> Collided with him would be a more accurate description. A legend. So he believed. Reinhardt had the knack of making his own ambition seem like a matter of national pride. Why, he talked the Space Appropriations Committee into the costliest fiasco of all time and refused to admit failure. Ignored his recall. Maybe not. Maybe it never got through. That ship just, just disappeared. They've never been seen again. Dan, get us in close enough. Okay, does anybody else who is a Whovian here amongst me, do any of my fellow Whovians see a plot line similar to something from a Doctor Who episode in the Rebirth series? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the Satan Pit and the Impossible yes. Planet. Satan pit. The Satan Pit. Yeah. Yeah, right? And, and did either of you guys notice that that control module sort of looks like the TARDIS module? Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. It so does. It's like mm-hmm. uh, like the mid-70s run of the TARDIS yeah. console. It looked an awful lot like it. You're right. Mm-hmm. I, wonder, mm-hmm. I wonder if uh, somebody's borrowing stuff from somebody there. Yeah, true. <laughs> and so, something I did want to point out that, you know, definitely had me scratching my head was in the midst of all this, you know, techno babble and jargon, which all sounds very convincing. Kate McRae says, you know, searching for habitable life in outer space. Right. What? Yeah. Uh, if if yeah. you can support life, it's habitable. Is it not? Yeah. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, life itself is not habitable. If life can be there, it's habitable. So, way to go, writers. Are they looking for life that they can live upon or within? Yeah, you know. <laughs> sort of like a living planet, like a space whale from Doctor Who? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A habitable Once space again, whale. I do also have to give Disney props for, you know, their typical rip-off efficiency with Vincent. You know, an R2-D2 rip-off body with a C-3PO rip-off voice. Well done. Yeah, right? <laughs> totally. Yeah. I totally saw that. With the biggest stoned eyes I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And voiced by Roddy McDowell, which makes it all okay as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. His voice covers a multitude of sins. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. So after the clip that we just played, they decide to get a little bit closer as what Charlie had asked for Dan to do. And they get closer to the ship to board it. And Roddy McDowell's robot seems to think that this is a bad idea, as do the rest of us, because just because a ship can rest on the outside of a black hole doesn't mean the rest of us can. So stay the hell away, dude. I mean, really? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, there is a justifiable debate that occurs after this as to how the derelict ship can actually sit outside of the black hole so effortlessly for so long, especially if it's derelict, which also sends all kinds of warning signals to them. They decide that the need to know outweighs the danger 
danger of actually finding out. And so they go off to explore. This is how horror movies get started, kids. Yes. Even if it is in space. You're not supposed to go looking at things you're not supposed to go looking for. And when it's the most nefarious thing that is in outer space exploration. Yes, the black hole. Which not even light can escape. You stay away from it. Yeah, you go, hey, look, biggest black hole. All right, we'll mark it. It's in this area of space. Let's just keep on rolling. (laughs) It's like dating Bill Cosby. (laughs) (laughs) You know you don't want to do it because it has a bad reputation. But eventually it's going to (laughs) happen. Whether you want it to or not. Okay, so as they approach the gravitational pull of the black hole, Star Trek shakes the ship. They get to the derelict ship and find that there is sort of like a zero gravity around its orbit. All of a sudden, they have no more shaking going on, and the ship actually kind of rights itself, and it becomes smooth sailing when they're in the orbit of this very large derelict ship. That is kind of a bit disquieting. You think they would actually be kind of like, okay, what the hell's going on? But they they all seem too relieved about it, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, the captain, through the whole thing of, oh, we're being sucked in, I mean, ice water in his veins. Just seems like another day at the office. Well... The captain, being Dan, played by Robert Forrester, is too much Mm -hmm. of a man to admit that he might be just a little bit afraid. But then again, he's also a pilot, and this is something that nobody's really ever done before. So Mm -hmm. navigating the outside of a black hole is probably something he's into trying. Yeah. Yeah, true. Just saying. Stuck in space with Norman Bates as well, so I mean, (laughs) what's the worst that could happen? Yeah, when Norman Bates is a member of your crew, keep the dresses away from him. (laughs) You just never know when something bad's going to happen. All right, there is then an incredible special effects shot after this of the derelict ship when it kind of goes underneath and passes right underneath the ship to go to the other side of it. That was amazing. They did an excellent job there. Yeah, it's still, still to this day. I mean, the model shot or however they pulled this off with the green screen and everything in the background it still looks terrific even in high def i was very it's like, impressed it's like an old abandoned cathedral in space also pass they make also reminded me of yet another movie that was made considerably later than this event horizon we already joked about yes. it Mm-hmm. But the overall look of the Event Horizon ship, when you mentioned the cathedral, that's what they were striving for. And mm-hmm. I really kind of think they were like, well, let's do the black hole, but let's make it an actual horror flick. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I really do. I, I feel like there might have been some influence on Event Horizon from the black hole. I think so. Mm-hmm. I even have this in my notes. And as always, Disney is impressive as hell with their craft and special effects. They really are. They always are. Yeah. They spend the money yeah. where it counts. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's the one it's thing my- you can they, count on them for. They get the the right people together and always produce a quality product. It's my understanding that they originally were looking at going to ILM for those effects, but then just decided to develop their own, can't think of what it is now, the chroma key blue screen effects. They developed that all in-house. Cost them a lot of money to do, but, you know, they did that all in-house. It's kind of ironic, you know, they were trying to cash in on the whole Star Wars thing and look at where we are now. (laughs) The fact that they bought it after Mm -hmm. all of these centuries. (laughs) (laughs) All of these centuries later, we finally have Disney owning Star Wars where they wanted it. And soon to be probably Star Trek, too. Or don't they already own that? (laughs) Fuck, they own everything. Actually, they They own you. Yeah, I was going to say they actually put in a contract and I sold out to Disney. Oh, did you? They wanted me to stop talking trash about their racism. I kept wondering why we have this big electric Mickey Mouse sign up. Well, there's that and they're giving me free room and board for a week in Disneyland. So Uh, 
I Dude, sold out. Is this why we're having to wear the Mickey hats? Yes. Okay. Actually, no, that's Every my kink. Every man has Is a that price. your kink? <laughs> that's my kink. Mm, that's my fetish. <laughs> Instead of podcasting in a hot mobile like a friend of ours that we will not name, <laughs> I'm podcasting with a Disney hat on and nothing else. I really think, is this like smell vision Because I think I got the whiff of it. No, unlike him, I actually ate chili. Oh, <laughs> no. Okay. I am happy I'm in this car now. <laughs> I also wanted to mention, too, the score on that scene, whenever we're actually getting this really impressive effects shot, is really excellent. It's masterfully done, and I was really mm-hmm. enjoying the way that they put everything together. It, oh, basically, basically if John you make, Barry. Yeah. It, uh, it, yeah, John Barry. He, I mean, it, around this time, um, he did a bunch of sci-fi scores. He did this. Um, he was like the, the main... Um, composer and conductor for the James Bond film. So he did this. He did uh, Moonraker around that time. He did Star Crash, believe it or not. And if you listen to those three scores, you can hear a lot of borrowing going back and forth. I actually, yeah, now that you mentioned it, I can see what you're talking about, just trying to picture it in the top of my head. But yes, I just wanted to kind of mention that the way that all three things are put together here, if you give the film a shot up until you actually see this derelict craft where they are traveling underneath it through the black hole, if you're in on that point, if all of that stuff works for you, the effects, the music in the background and the dialogue that I played here that kind of establishes the danger that they're in, because even though the film itself ignores the science of a black hole, a lot of people may not know just how dangerous they actually are. Yeah. And I think they actually do a great job with that clip talking about how they expect a red guy with horns and yes, exactly. all of that stuff, like how they expect a black hole to be so ominous and evil. They give it the gravity that it deserves. Mm-hmm. Oops. Oh, huh? God. <laughs> Jesus. So what you did there. I'm dead inside. (laughs) Well, that happened before (laughs) that joke. (laughs) Okay, so the gravity finally catches up with them again, and we get more Star Trek camera tilts and shakes. This is occurring as they actually cross the other side of the derelict ship. So when they start removing themselves away from the gravitational pull of that ship, that's when their ship actually starts getting messed up again and getting pulled at. They fight but are dragged toward the black hole as Vincent is forced to go out, well, he makes the decision to go out, to do a ship repair because one of the hatches busts open. They're losing oxygen like crazy. Their life support systems get damaged. The gravitational forces from even this far away yeah. are basically pulling chunks of the ship away from what it looked like. Yeah, it's totally safe. They should go in closer. Get a closer look. <laughs> at a black hole? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Forward shields on, Captain. It's kind of like putting your eye down at a glory hole in a bathroom. I've, you never know what's uh, going to get stuck in it. there. <laughs> but you know you're definitely going to get pink eye. <laughs> Either way. Yeah, if you see a glory hole, don't go anywhere near it with nope. any orifice or nope. any opening. Or in fact, if you see a glory hole, you just turn around, you walk out. Yeah, find another stall. Find something else to go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. piss your pants. Unless you're into that sort of thing, but yeah. just remember, super gonorrhea is a thing now, yeah, so it's you want to stay away it's from that. It's a thing. Yeah, it definitely is. It's a thing. You can't be accused of not knowing what you were doing going in. <laughs> it's exactly just, how I say it Just remember, night. kids, gonorrhea is kind of not curable anymore, so, yeah, so have a good day. Yeah. <laughs> wrap it up or make sure someone else wraps it up whatever whatever side of the glory hole you happen to be on yeah no more fancy methods of birth control like pulling out you have to be really <laughs> careful now during this the rest of the crew does try to repair the lower decks that were damaged as well when the pilots can't communicate with Vincent one of the crew actually uses her ESP and her name is Kate now I didn't quite get this at first I was like okay how the fuck does she have ESP are yeah. they going to explain it later do they even say anything now and then at some point and I'm like, you know what? They're in a black hole in space and they have anti-gravity. I'm going to push the I believe button on ESP. Yeah, okay. I would say. Yeah. Gives you a little perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, fine. We'll let it go. That'd be like watching Star Wars in... Uh 
looking at like a lightsaber fight and then going, hey, wait, how did that guy do a force push? That's not a real thing. You're watching a lightsaber fight. Time to go ahead and just press the believe button. Hmm. I would have said force push and then lightsaber the backwards because the you, one's more ridiculous than uh, the other. The force push is more realistic than the lightsaber? It's more ridiculous. Oh, that's what I meant. Oh, well, the whole but, series is ridiculous. It doesn't matter. You're a son of a bitch. <laughs> that's for all that gnashy shit a couple I will, weeks ago. You're a son of a bitch <laughs> and I will see you dead and buried, sir. <laughs> yeah, now who's getting his buttons pushed? God damn it. <laughs> Depends upon which trilogy you're talking about. Ah, I got a point. He's talking about all of them. Yeah. That's what it is. Except for maybe Rouge One. I really like that one. Rouge other. <laughs> okay, well, fuck it. That was. Well, that's how I spell it. <laughs> well, that's what I heard. <laughs> okay, so Kate uses this ESP. And what I love about this is Vincent actually uses the fact that he's communicating with her to talk smack indirectly to the captain, which is Robert Forrest's character. I immediately am totally in love with this sassy ass fucking robot. I love Vincent right there. He's outside. He could possibly die. And he uses the one means of communication to talk shit to the captain. Hell yeah. Totally into that. <laughs> ballsiest member of the crew absolutely big brass balls on that robot but he has a lot of carbon scoring for a droid that just doesn't make sense mm. <laughs> at least he's plenty of action <laughs> well he's vincent man of course he's going to all right mm. so we're not even 12 minutes in and there is lots of sci-fi action and all sorts of shit just going nuts and being thrown at us this film automatically draws me in and here's the part where i confess guys first time i ever saw this film was doing the review for the show yeah first time i no ever watched kidding. it I've, yeah. I've seen parts of it before i've watched parts of it and I've caught parts of it. I as remember a kid it there. only because I remember that robot. Vincent? Yeah. Yeah. And I got to say, as an adult watching it, it actually drew me in and got me interested and got me really into it. At it's the a good movie. At the 12 minute mark, I'm like, holy fuck, what a great choice. Yeah. <laughs> and that's before I even mm -hmm. knew anything else about the film, which we're about to reveal. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Vincent secures the hatch and I think he ends up welding it down or doing something like that. And they are still losing a ton of oxygen. And somehow Vincent's tether to the outside gets broken and he cannot hang on himself with the little robot claw that he has anymore and then he kind of ends up floating away towards the black hole but he uses some kind of a grappling magnet I don't know how else to put it it looks like it just magnetically sinks to the ship so I guess it's a magnet what what else would you call it I don't even know magnetic how the fuck magnets work magnetic harpoon that sounds so much better I like that <laughs> magnetic harpoon that's badass alright so he uses that magnetic harpoon to save himself and the movie doesn't really give you a whole hell of a lot of time to even catch your breath at this point because all of this is just kind of going all at once because as soon as the crew are actually a safe distance from the black hole the derelict dark ship that they were passing under lights itself up like Christmas and that actually leads us to our next clip you got a picture down there? There are people on board. Just a shadow, Kate. Enlarge, please. There are people, Alex. I know it. I feel it. Docking elevator coming up. Wonder why they didn't raw out the red carpet earlier. I don't know, and I don't like it. But they're calling the shots, and we've got to repair this craft. Dan, I'm sorry I blew my stack. I guess we all have a soft spot for the little guy, Charlie. Yeah. All right, let's bring her in. Okay. We have gravity. Nice, nice work, Vincent. Vincent. Out of the frying pan, hopefully not into the fire. Are you all right, Vincent? Nothing a hammer and a little metal polish can't fix. Thank you. Looks like we'll have to go to them. Charlie, you'll stay with the Palomino. But you, you need everyone that's got... Charlie. Don't worry, Mr. Pizer. They also serve who only stand and wait. Vincent, were you programmed to bug me? No, sir. To educate you. When I volunteered for this mission, I never thought I'd end up playing straight man to a tin can. This place looks as if it hadn't been used for years. It's eerie. I feel like a thousand eyes are watching us. Ah! 
Vincent! Charlie, do you read me? Vincent, are you all right? Weapons destroyed by laser fire. No injuries. Hold your position. Vincent, are you sure you're all right? Down, but never for the full count, Dr. K. So much for the friendship theory. Come on, Harry, they could have killed us if they'd wanted to. Yeah, sure. Okay, so they boarded the ship, and immediately upon boarding the ship, Esoteric out of nowhere laser just disables everything on them. It destroys their weapons. If you're going to build the ship, isn't that how you want to build it? Esoteric out of nowhere lasers? Yeah. Yeah, that's the kind of self-defense you want. Yeah, of course. I need to put those in the lab. Probably. (laughs) And Vincent keeps bringing the snark. (laughs) I love it. I have it in my notes. Everywhere I refer to him as the sassy-ass robot, and I fucking love it. You sassy-ass robot! He's K2SO from Rogue One before there was K2SO. Wait, you mean Rouge One? Because that's how I spell it. You son of a bitch. All right, so during this, they are led through the ship by doors just spontaneously opening, and then once they go through, closing behind them, and it basically directs them through the ship and where to go. We see a couple of what I have written in my notes as Crimson Vaders, because they look an awful lot like Darth Vaders. Yeah. And then the Crimson uh, Guard just kind of mixed together. Yes. I think that was intentional. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, come <laughs> on. You got to cash in a little bit of that Star Wars action when you can get it. Yep, absolutely. Until you can afford to buy the entire franchise from the bathroom. Many, many years. And then make better movies than he but, ever did. Yeah. Well, hey. <laughs> I'm talking Rouge One here, because that's uh, how I spell it. Uh, uh. <laughs> You're happy that I'm talking good about the movie? But you're not sure how to take that I said bad things about Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> no, Rouge One was really good. It was. You know, uh, it was good. Yes, that was. That's not. I'm not arguing with you that Rogue One wasn't good. Wait, Rouge One? We, it's Rogue One. <laughs> let's let's shut up. Okay. <laughs> First, there's a couple of Crimson Vaders, and then two more appear, and they form a quartet, and they're kind of just marching along this hallway. It's kind of we don't know where they are or where they're coming from or why they're there, but we see them, and it's just kind of give us an ominous what the hell's going on with this ship if there's these robot Crimson Vader things marching along as they're just wandering through as doors open up for them on The only thing that was worse with this kind of mashup of bad guys if they all have been like exterminate. <laughs> they look sort of like trash cans with plungers sticking out yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that's what Vincent's design kind of reminds uh, me of is, is sort of like a cutesy doll mixed with R2-D2. Because they're walking yeah. if they just start going delete 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 <laughs> like Cybermen yeah, Cybermen yeah. Crim- Crimson Cybermen now that's an idea ooh ooh, oh, ooh. I like that yeah. ooh, if Steve, I'd say you get a hold pending. of Steven Moffat but he's gone Patent so pending. I don't know who's writing who now <laughs> literally who's writing who who's <laughs> who's writing who and who's out first <laughs> what's on second third anyway. base <laughs> third base is on second alright so these guys each have two guns and the two guns that they're holding look like they have like a pair of barrels like there's two barrels per each gun yes that is the most mm-hmm. American space gun you could ever make, unless uh, it's like a six-barreled, like yeah. one-handed gun. I, if you had Trump watch this, he'd fervorously masturbate to it. <laughs> probably <laughs> pull on that little Cheeto puff he's got. Except the NRA would probably not be all for this because you know they can't sell refill bullets. That's all lasers. Yeah, it's all lasers, and it's it's hippie shit because it's probably solar charged. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be, the NRA be so confused. Well, it's a gun, and it can kill things, but it's it's solar-powered. I, I don't know what to do. It doesn't make a loud bang, and it's not inconvenient. But it still it's, killed a guy. It's deadly, but it's green. What? <laughs> I don't like that. I, don't, I like it, but I don't like it. Then their head just poof. <laughs> poof. 
<laughs> so the crew is then led to a huge people mover. It's got just enough seats for the living human beings and the crew and a nice place for Vincent to sit down in front. It's very conveniently just the right size for this crew. And it's in a large glass tunnel. Now, as much as I want to kind of poke fun at it, this scene fucking kicked ass because when they're traveling through that tunnel, through the length of the ship and you see the sides of the ship and you see some shots of the black hole and then the chroma key uh, compositing mm-hmm. of space, this whole scene, I was fucking freaking out. Like, yeah. I really enjoyed that. that this- Not practical at all for a spacecraft, but when it looks that good, who cares? <laughs> it would be practical for like a spacecraft that is its sole purpose is like a greenhouse in space that you could pick the stuff up from like mm-hmm. you know, greenhouse the- in space but then again who wants to write about a greenhouse in space who, who wants to write about a greenhouse yeah. in space who's interested in that uh, i don't know who will want to read it but nicholas sparks wants to write it <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay. It's going to be the weird book, and then somehow it's going to be made into a movie. And I don't know, what's an actress who's popular right now would want to star in it? Lawrence still? What? Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence is Jennifer Lawrence and uh, Bradley Cooper want to star in it together. It won't be Bradley Cooper this time around. Oh, yeah. They're going to put Chris Pratt in it. And there you go. Oh, there you go. It'll be Chris yeah. Pratt and, and Jennifer Lawrence in space again, but now it's in a greenhouse. And slightly and... less rapey than the last time they were in a movie together. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes. Thank you. Please. <laughs> Thank you. That's exactly what I was going to say. Vincent is apprehensive as Robert Forrester's Captain Dan is kind of admiring the beauty that we were all talking about while they're moving through the ship. But Kate is actually eager to find out what may have happened to her father because, as we have heard in the clip, it was actually the ship that her father was on. So she's hoping that, you know, that kind of brief hope that you have a family member that disappeared, that maybe you'll find them here and maybe they'll be okay. Yeah, Uh, but they're not. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. And here I have it again. Vincent is also a sassy-ass robot once again this whole entire scene. And I wrote, he is my kind of bot. So here's where I declare it right there. (laughs) in my notes. Okay, so they arrive at what looks like an observation deck of some sort, and it is manned by robots and lots of them. They explore as a crimson death bot hovers over them with a rotating blade claw hand. Now, this is the first appearance we have of our robot Maximilian, Yep. and my gosh, is he intimidating looking. Mm -hmm. He's like the crimson guard turned into a flying Dalek. Yes. Kind of. All he needs to say is, like, exterminate. Yes. He also reminded me kind of the ominous presence that he has. He reminded me a little bit. It come, it came out a, a lot later, but Saturn V, the robot Hector, how he's just kind of ominously standing there all the time and just kind of this is soulless yeah. thing that wants yeah. to kill you. It reminded yeah. me of that. I watched, Absolutely. I watched Saturn V a lot as a kid, so that's what popped into my head. I know that Saturn V came out later than this, but... Okay, so Vincent continues to sass the Crimson Deathbot. I love this where he's like, oh, you're a big fucking bully. Well, here we go. And he just starts talking trash to him, and he immediately puts himself in between his crew and this robot, which is named Maximilian. And Maximilian is ordered to shut down by the only living person left on the ship, and that leads us to our next clip. This is the story to end all stories, Harry. A ship of robots and computers with this thing in charge? Not quite, Dr. Durant. Maximilian and my robots only run this ship the way I wish it run. How do you know my name? You were monitored ever since our sensors first detected you. Now, now, Maximilian, calm down. Don't pick on small people. He's such a nice little robot. He's harmless. Miss McRae, you might come closer. Welcome aboard the Cygnus. Hans Reinhardt. It can't be. 
You always did have a flair for theatrical entrances, Doctor. Dr. Reinhardt, my father, where is he? My dear child, I'm sorry to dash your hopes, but your father's not with us anymore. He's dead. A man to be proud of. A grave personal loss to me. He was a trusted and loyal friend. And you his daughter. Yes, the same eyes. The same eyes. And the rest of the crew? They didn't make it back? They did not. Pity. was such a good crew. What happened when your mission was recalled, Doctor? Is this going to be an interview, Mr. Booth? I haven't had that for a long time, but if you want to, I will answer. Now, don't be frightened. Nobody's going to harm you. Uh -uh. The Cygnus encountered a field of meteorites and was disabled. Our main and auxiliary communication systems smashed. We were adrift. I told the crew to abandon ship, to return home as ordered. Perhaps it was another of what you term my theatrical gestures, Mr. Booth, but I chose to remain aboard. Your dear father chose to remain with me. We never knew what happened to the others. You've lived out here for 20 years? Alone? 20 years? 20 Earth years, but I didn't live exactly alone. I've created companions of a sort. <laughs> they look a bit medieval, but I'm a romantic. Ah, Mr. Pizer, come in, join us. Thank you. Have you met the goon squad? <laughs> goon squad, nice. I'm Hans Reinhardt. Forgive this little incident, but you were disarmed for your own safety. Dismissed. My robots are programmed to react against any act of aggression. I assure you, none was intended. I'm glad to hear that. Please, consider yourselves my guests. We won't impose on your hospitality, Doctor. Just long enough to repair our ship. And then we can offer you the means of returning to Earth, Doctor. What makes you think I want to return? The Cygnus is in danger of being destroyed here. Yes, your captain was worried about that too. One step too far, and we are done. But there's no cause for alarm. We developed anti-gravity forces to maintain our position. It's what you might call a Mexican standoff. If you were monitoring us, you must have picked up our signals. That's right. You failed to reply. Did I have to reply? Charlie, Charlie. Slight communications problem. Maximilian will take you to requisition whatever you need to repair your ship. In the meantime, you and Dr. McRae will get enough information to make your mission of historic importance. Back off, Vincent. Not until he does. When you nose to nose with a trash compactor, you cool it. Now, what does that remind me of? Oh, yes, David and Goliath. A classic confrontation. Only this time, David is overmatched. <laughs> call him off, Reinhardt. I said, call him off! On my ship, you ask, Captain. Indeed. Please, call him off, Doctor. Maximilian, remember, these are our guests. Now let him in. Show that you have good manners. That's a good robot. Communication problems aside, he took an awful long time to show any lights. Be careful. I know. Those other robots aren't any friendlier than Dr. Frankenstein's monster. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. Maybe you should have smiled when you said it, Vincent. All right, so after this, the theft of the ship is confessed by Dr. Reinhardt, and Captain Dan and Charlie and Vincent are led by Maximilian to be able to repair their ship. Reinhardt reveals he has found a power source 
that could power all of Earth indefinitely and allow for the colonization of space when they are searching out habitable life. Yes. Good luck right with that there, search. Right there in that scene, it really reminded me kind of uh, the Disney 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, where Captain Nemo you know, introduces Professor Aranax to whatever he had powering his vessel. My guess is nuclear reactor, but at that point, I'm thinking this is so 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea in space. Yeah, totally. I see that now. I wasn't really thinking that, but Reinhardt does have that sort of dangerous, on-the-brink madman thing that Nemo has going on, mm-hmm. where he's experimented beyond, and it becomes this whole thing where he's enticing yet another scientist. Mm-hmm. Totally. I Yeah, geez, I didn't even see that. That's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. Alright, so while Captain Dan is traveling back to the ship, he sees black bots walking like a funeral procession, and... Explo- Somebody forgot to reload the batteries. <laughs> <laughs> if you should have, should have got Duracell, that, yeah. you know... Yeah. Or Energizer. Energizer. Yeah, that's what, that, that's that, what that's, the rabbit will tell that's us. That's the fucking rabbit. Yeah. Wait, you fucked the rabbit? No, you don't fuck the rabbit. That's <laughs> Is that because the it's... fucking rabbit. Okay, so... The rabbit a... does the fucking. Because it keeps going? Yes. And going? It is. Oh, makes sense. Yeah. All right. All right. There you go. Energizer bunnies. They keep fucking. Yeah. I guess. Okay. Uh, <laughs> isn't there a sex toy called the rabbit? Yes. Yeah. I'll put some Energizer but- rabbits in it or Energizer batteries in it. Fucking rabbit will just go. And go. And go. There you go, ladies. Just keeps going. And or going gentlemen. Going. Or gentlemen. Whatever they do, we're yeah. not here to judge you. Yeah. You be you. That's into rabbits, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes. No, I'm into Energizer batteries. <laughs> He's got three of them shoved up his ass to light himself up like Christmas. I need something, man. I stopped doing drugs and I don't drink right now. I need something to do. Whatever floats your boat, man. Or Whatever gives you a charge. Listen, I won't I won't take this from a guy who locks himself into a hot car to do a fucking podcast. Yes, you will. <laughs> because I will mute your microphone. <laughs> The captain sees this funeral procession that we were talking about and starts exploring the abandoned private quarters of the ship. He's going into all these various rooms where people had once been, but all their stuff is still there. This stuff gets really creepy, kind of ghost town feel. So first you have like Captain Nemo in space, and now you have sort of like exploring an abandoned building or abandoned house or abandoned town in space. (laughs) Ghost town. Ghost town in space. space. Kind of like Muppets. Yeah. Yeah. Mary Celeste sort of. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. Like a a ghost ship in space, too. Yes, ghost ship in in space. While he's looking around the abandoned private quarters area of the ship, he then sees something launched into the black hole by this sort of funeral procession of robots that we saw earlier, which, you know, nothing weird or eerie about that. What's supposed to be robots gathering together in a funeral procession to launch one of them into a black hole. Nothing's wrong with that. Nothing weird about that at all. Nope, nothing weird. They cut from this to Ernest Borgnine, which is probably the most terrifying thing in the film. Nothing weird about that either. (laughs) Nope, not at all. But it's his character goes moseying into a dome of some sort and gets snubbed by the robot running things. You know you have failed your fellowship role really badly when a fucking service droid will ignore you. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) It's not for lack of trying either, because he's looking down. like, can you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? And the droid's like, that does not compute the words that are coming out of your mouth. (laughs) But he's staring right into the dome and just like, basically, like you said, just right up in its grill on the dome and just kind of talking about it. And he still gets snubbed. The robot's just kind of running things and going by. So he starts monologuing to himself. He's like, well, fine. If you won't listen to me talk, then I'll just talk for the sake of talking. He follows the bot as it walks out and disappears. And that leads us to... Our next clip. I know what I saw, Charlie. Dan, nobody buries a robot. I didn't say it was a robot. 
Then what? I don't know what they shot out into space, but they did it with all the reverence and honor of a human funeral. Uh, maybe Reinhardt lied. Maybe there are some survivors still alive. What do you think he's up to? I haven't got a clue. Well, whatever it is, he seems cooperative enough about getting us operable. A wolf remains a wolf, even if it has not eaten your sheep. Correct, Vincent. The sooner we blast out of here, the better. Whatever you say. Let's snap it up, Vincent. A pint cannot hold a quart, Mr. Pizer. If it holds the pint, it's doing the best it can. Thank you, Vincent. Fascinating. From a distance. Are you interested in black holes? How can one not be overwhelmed by the deadliest force in the universe? That long, dark tunnel to nowhere. Or somewhere. These are exactly answers yet to be explored. You've defined the power of the black hole with your anti-gravity calculations. A stunning achievement, sir. You think so? Yes, I do. Thank you. I think, Dr. Durant, that you are a man who longs for a sense of his own greatness, but has not yet found his true direction, right? Perhaps I could find it here, if you're in no hurry for us to leave. Shall we discuss that over dinner? It's only dinner. Said the spider to the fly, I should be with you. Yeah, we'll be safer without you and Max trying to knock heads. I can handle that thing. Well, far be it from you to admit there isn't anything you can't handle. There are three basic types, Mr. Pizer. The wills, the won'ts, and the can'ts. The wills accomplish everything, the won'ts oppose everything, and the can'ts won't try anything. Well, do us all a favor, Vincent, and try to be a can't, especially where that monster's <laughs> concerned. We need you, not another corkscrew. Hey, hey, hey. Look at that. Vincent, you're gonna have the time of your life in there. I don't mean to sound superior, but I hate the company of robots. So try and relax, have some fun. Remember what they say, all work and no play? All sunshine makes a desert, so the Arabs say. You'll alert me if you're in trouble, Captain. Why don't you go on in there and have some laughs, Vincent? We've been in some scrapes before, and we're gonna get out of this one. All right, so Vincent heads to the bot shooting range after this and finds out that the black bot used to be in charge until Reinhardt built that Maximilian bot. So he upgraded the security bot to this really deadly floating Dalek crimson guard mixture. Yeah. Pretty much. That's what you got to do. Are you going to build one of those for the lab? Is this movie just like an idea for you? No. Are you going to try to make a black hole again? No. No. Okay. What do you mean again? (laughs) Again. I mean, first time. Right. Right. Never tried that again. Never tried that first. The one time. No. Yeah. Never happened. It happened, but it never happened. (laughs) I'm not saying that we did that. I'm just saying we did it. (laughs) Okay. So Vincent asks the beat up robot that we saw earlier, if they ever went head to head, him and the black bot. That beat-up robot that's the same model as Vincent says it had, and he had actually won, but that's what caused this death bot to do things that he wishes he could forget or that he didn't. Something about whenever he thinks about it, he still gets chills or something. This is a very timid, very beaten-up robot. Yes. (laughs) And I gotta say, Slim Pickens does the voice great for this robot. Uncredited, no less, but yeah, I did pick Mm -hmm. that out, that it was Slim Mm -hmm. Pickens. I don't even know who that is. He's a... Country music singer. Oh, oh. That was like the main part of his career. Oh, okay. But he's been in some horror films and he's done no less than two robot voices. Oh. Huh. Yeah. When you, when, you guys ultimate, when you guys ultimately cover Dr. Strangelove, because I'm sure you will at some point, you'll find out who he is. And also The Howling. You'll know him pretty well from that when we finally get around yeah, to The Howling. Yeah, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but my, my favorite robot voice that he ever did is in Star Crash. <laughs> I've never seen that either. Oh, you you will. Okay. <laughs> it's probably it's probably a- Oh, highly highly recommended. It's probably the one Star Wars ripoff that's way more enjoyable than actual Star Wars. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Even better than the last Starfighter? Not, no, no, it it's, just does not care. 
Yeah, it gives zero fucks. It's an Italian ripoff of Star Wars. Okay, well, now I'm interested. Yeah, now yeah, we're talking. Now we're talking. Looks like Star Crash is on the horizon, folks. Yes, oh, the event horizon. I can't wait. <laughs> I'd love to guess with you guys for that one. All right, it's a deal, buddy. Yeah. You can come back for that, definitely. Sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so they cut from this scene of the robots doing the ships to the dinner party that was hinted at earlier, and that leads us to our next clip. Great many experiments are in progress aboard the Cygnus, gentlemen, some of them dangerous. I suggest in the interest of your own safety that there are no more unescorted excursions for the duration of your stay. Agreed? Sure, sure. Good. Please sit down. Captain? Well, Mr. Booth, what's new on Earth? Well, I don't think it's changed very much since you left, Doctor. Nothing much ever changes. Same news, different names. You're still writing for the same paper? The same. Still on strike? Ah, fresh mushroom soup prepared for my own personal garden. I remember writing about the extensive agricultural station, large enough to supply the needs of the entire crew, wasn't it, Doctor? These days it's tiny, just enough for one person. Ah, naturally. Our wine and our spare parts are vintage, Captain. I hope they're satisfactory. We've had to modify a few of the parts, Doctor, but uh, that shouldn't take long. We'll be ready to leave soon. Speak for yourself, Dan. I, for one, believe I have a great deal to learn from Dr. Reinhardt. Thank you. Our mission's finished, Alex. A toast to you and your companions, Dr. Durand, on the occasion of your visit to the Cygnus. Welcome aboard, Miss Kate. The only Earth people to know of my existence. And to you, sir, and your magnificent accomplishments. Tonight, my friends, we stand on the brink of a feat unparalleled in space exploration. If the data on my returning probe ship matches my computerized calculations, I will travel where no man has dared to go. Into the black hole? In, through, and beyond. Why, that's crazy. Ha! Impossible! The word impossible, Mr. Booth, has only found in the dictionary of fools. Are there any more like us left on board? I'm the last one. These upstarts think I'm some old freak. They still haven't improved on our model. Oh, you can't modify perfection. We're the best. Oh, Lordy. He wants a rematch. As an old Navy hero once said, damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead. He also said something about going in harm's way. All right, so after this, Bob, who is the beat-up robot, he finally introduces himself there, commences to do a shootout battle with the death bot that we saw earlier that used to be in charge and is trying to prove something. He's got that bro-bot, like, total insecurity thing going on where he's got to do- bro. Yeah. Come at me, bro. Will you, will you, what's so funny, bro? You think you can he's shoot He's definitely compensating. Me? Yeah, he's overcompensating He's like Joe Pesci and Goodfellas of the robots. No, because Joe Pesci and Goodfellas was actually- Actually, a badass. Yeah, but I meant overcompensating because Joe Pesci was always pissed about something. Well, he was overcompensating for how short he was yeah. in that. Yeah, this guy's just a big pan. Go get your shine box, will yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> keep that motherfucker here. You keep him here. <laughs> God, I can't wait till we cover that. Someday. I know, right? Yeah. Oh, oh. I just love how he triggered court. Oh. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Goodfellas is one of my favorite all-time gangster Same films. here, yeah. dude. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's one of the best films ever. Okay, so they commence to do this shootout battle with the death bot, only to have the death bot totally cheat like a bro bot would. Oh, yeah. See, I never built bro bots because yes. I just knew. No, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Listen, man. It's not cheating. It, 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 you're not cheating. You're not trying. Come on, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> my bra. You slip into bro a little too easy. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Yikes. You were a frat rat. Yeah. Oh. It's the truth. All right, so the Deathbot cheats. He basically bashes into Bob while he's trying to shoot to make a miss, and so Bob loses, and then he states to Vincent that he would have just missed on purpose anyway to avoid yet another beating. He is totally a battered spouse in this film, this yeah. Bob robot. Oh, yeah. You feel so terrible for him. I mean, I don't. Because he's just a robot. No, I do. Oh. Because I care more about the robots in this movie than the most the of the humans. It's like Robert Forrester's character of Captain Dan, because it's fucking Robert Forrester. The robots. No, no. Oh. It's Vincent, uh. Bob, Robert Forrester's character, because the humans are below both the robots. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, and just because Robert Forrester is there, because he's Robert Forrester. Yeah. The robots are better written than any of the characters, really. Right? And they're supposed to be just, you know, just mm-hmm. these these uh, side characters, but they actually draw mm-hmm. your attention. Much like the mm-hmm. droids in Star Wars, I would have to say. I'm yeah. way more interested in what's going on with a lot of them, usually. Well, shoot, Maximilian's better written than most of the human characters in this. He doesn't say a word of dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm way more interested in what's happening with Maximilian than anything with Ernest Borgnine's character, and it's not just because mm-hmm. it's Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> All right, so because of Bob's abuse that has been happening to him, our sassy-ass Vincent challenges the Black Death robot to a shoot-off. But before we can get the satisfaction of seeing that happen, they cut to Maximilian doing nefarious shit involving the probe that is coming back that we were referencing in the dinner beach. And they cut from that to the dinner once again, and because I'm too lazy to write out all the dialogue and explain it. That's our next clip. Your probe ship has only gone to the event horizon, Doctor, not into the black hole itself. How do you expect the Cygnus to escape being crushed by the force in there? I would assume that Dr. Reinhardt has created an anti-gravitational force field capable of withstanding that stress. Indeed, and I know you will say, Captain, that one mistake in navigation can be fatal. But I know exactly what I'm doing. The course I have chosen will take the Cygnus through at its optimum angle of rotation. The vortex will cause us to move at incredible speed, and that angle will slingshot us through. They cut from this to the shootout as Vincent shows off and pulls out a ricochet shot that takes out the death bot square in the chest. That was badass. He gets all of the little probe things that they're shooting at to get the targets. He gets them perfectly. They're like spinning around. The one guy's doing behind the back shots and missing. Yeah. And then Vincent hits everything while spinning in like a constant 360 uh-huh. and does a ricochet shot and straight up murders the death bot. Yeah. Fucking badass. I think he died more of embarrassment than the shot. <laughs> This is nothing. It's but a flesh wound. It's Mm -hmm. the sadness. Much like Padme. Oh, he died of sadness. Yes. God, your comic timing was perfect, dude. Well, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't contractually obligate me for anything else. I'm gone. Talk about a deadbeat mom. Oh. oh. Well, when your dad's that burning anger guy. Yeah. <laughs> like a fucking pit uh, Sorry, of kids. Your dad smells like a burnt shoe wrapped in a dirty diaper, and your mom was sad. <laughs> <laughs> she died of sadness? Is this right? That's right. Joey, this, no. <laughs> sadness? Really? Which I gotta tell doing? the kids that? <laughs> All right, <laughs> Master Yoda. Why did she die? Uh, she was a bitch. <laughs> we couldn't. You know she was. <laughs> <laughs> so you think he died of embarrassment? So I wrote in my notes that he not only humiliates him, but he straight up murders his ass. <laughs> I wrote Robo murders his ass too. That was I, I, I got ahead of my notes 
All right, so Bob tells Vincent to meet him in the part storage, and I'm wondering if uh, Bob and Vincent are going to get a little robo-sexual love going on. That, you have to change it to maybe more synthesized because it's two robots. <laughs> we didn't want to make the actual sound effects. That's just deeply pornographic. Go on. Go Can you make it sound more like Transformers transforming, the old cartoon one? Yeah. Yeah, I'm almost there. <laughs> and I'm done. <laughs> Let's roll out. That's what he says when he finishes. <laughs> Let's roll out. Oh. God, we just ruined Transformers 2 for me. <laughs> it's a, it's, no, Michael Bay took care of that. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Thank Michael you. Bay did all he could he uh, already, to destroy it. He already fucking it's ripped it. He ruined it in the one way Michael Bay could. Yeah. Bublosions. Uh, uh, bl <laughs> I'm just saying, if the one female robot isn't satisfied, then it's time for the construction gods to merge and form Devastator. <laughs> that is his porn name. That is his porn <laughs> the extra steam shovels. <laughs> the extra steam shovel forms in the crotch. Prepare for oh. elimination. <laughs> Prepare to be devastated. <laughs> Prepare for devastation. Prepare your robotic Jeez, chocolate Grimdall. starfish. <laughs> But Soundwave's just lazy, and he just lets all his tapes do all the work, <laughs> sends them out there. <laughs> they transform into mini vibrators. It's, it's, it, robot female <laughs> goes out with a, a Soundwave, and it turns into a gangbang without her even knowing it. <laughs> Someone like, has to compose that background music. <laughs> okay, so the probe returns to the ship, and the dinner party gets interrupted in our next clip. So, as I understand it, you want the Palomino to monitor your journey. That's right. I need you to go to another place and another time. A place where, if you're lucky, I have the possibility to find what we call the ultimate knowledge. Yes, Maximilian? The probe ship is about to dock. Continue your meal, gentlemen. Cuckoo is a Swiss clock. My name's Bob, Biosanitation Battalion. I couldn't talk freely before, but I have a whole lot to tell you. If Maximilian knew you were here, it'd be the end for the both of us. Can you permanently rearm my lasers? Yeah, I can. Vincent, you and your friends are in grave danger. Reinhardt only turned the lights on to prevent any damage to the Cygnus. This is a death ship. What does your intuition tell you, Kate? That Dr. Reinhardt is walking a tightrope between genius and insanity. I think the guy's nuts. I don't buy that. Well, whatever he is, he's an out-and-out -out liar. That tiny little one-man garden of his is big enough to feed an army. Nothing strange about that. It purifies the air. Oh. Tell him about the funeral, Dan. A robot funeral, Alex. It was almost human. Look, granted that 20 years out of contact with people has made this man a little eccentric, but you can't ask me to believe that he's programmed his robots to feel emotions? Come on. I know what I saw, Alex. And we only have Reinhardt's word for what happened to his crew. All I know is that that robot gardener was almost human, too. <laughs> Even walked to the limp. What spooks you about a malfunctioning robot, Harry? I wasn't spooked, old buddy. I'm just telling you that I had a gut feeling that, that I was looking at some kind of, some kind of person. What are you getting at? That we make our apologies, say our goodbyes, and get off this ship as quick as we can. Oh, now, wait a minute, Dan. Now, hold it. Hold it. Now, 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 let's, let's stop and figure this thing out. If Reinhardt has anti-gravity strong enough to hold him here, I figure he's got enough to pull away. So? So? So why not take this ship and Reinhardt back home? That's a long shot you're talking about, Harry. Oh, come on. You've got two scientific wizards here to figure out the computers, and they can even reprogram the robots. And the three of us can handle Reinhardt and that pet monster of his. <laughs> I'm telling you, we could all be heroes. 
We could also be dead. These poor creatures are what's left of the crew, kept alive by means I don't pretend to understand. Humans? We're more robot than human. Let's get out of here before we're discovered. Too late. Watch it. Think it anymore? All clear. Let's get rid of the evidence. Okay, so after this horrifying reveal of the... I don't know how else to put it, but forced cybernetic beings. Are they meat batteries for the robots? They don't really tell you right off at this point. Yeah. But we're told by Bob basically that they were the crew and they've been transformed into cybernetic beings pretty much against their will. They're pretty much straight up murdered, right? I mean, yeah, they wouldn't do what he wanted them to do. So he turned them into this stuff. Yeah, he basically. They were Borgified before there was a Borg. (laughs) Borgified. That's a new term. I'm stealing that. Borgified. I fucking love that. (laughs) Force cybernetics from here on out on Cinema PsyOps will be referred to as Borgified. Resistance is futile. Resistance is futile. If less than one ohm, yes. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> Matt just looked at me like, what are you talking about? That's Pennsylvania education for you, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan gets it. He knows his electronics talk. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we see that Reinhardt has the probe Borg getting a debriefing by Maximilian while he runs off and does other things. Maximilian may be a badass, but he also gets assigned a lot of bitch work. There's a sort of Vader Emperor thing going on here. Have you noticed that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Big time. <laughs> Vincent disposes of the robots that they shot up and they head out for the rescue to try and get their people. And they cut from this to our next clip. So he neglected his duty to his country for a higher ideal. So what? What basis in fact do you have for these macabre speculations? I agree that his style is somewhat unconventional, but he's willing and eager to share his knowledge with us. Doesn't that mean anything to you? We're not staying aboard this ship any longer than we have to, Alex. I think that's up to Reinhardt to decide. Dan, Vincent wants you aboard the Palomino right away. Let's go, Charlie. Reinhardt will solve the one final mystery that has eluded mankind. Or he'll die in the attempt. Alex, I'm beginning to feel you want to go with him. On a glorious pilgrimage, straight into what may be the mind of God. I do. I do. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. The spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. What an incredible sight. I still haven't got used to it. Where are the others? They were recalled to the ship. Recalled? Didn't I say no more unescorted excursions? Where was your communication? Ah, the ESP you share with the robot. Extraordinary. Dr. Durant. Yes, doctor? These are all my formulas I've compiled over the years. I want you to take them back with you and pass them on to others in case something might happen to me. You can depend on me. I also want you to monitor my flight. Stay as long as you can at your end horizon. There might be an Einstein Rosenbridge to consider. I will. Believe me, I've been waiting a long time for someone like you to record this moment. Thank you, Doctor. Then I'm ready. Ready to embark on man's greatest journey. Certainly his riskiest. The risk is incidental compared to the possibility to possess the great truth of the unknown. There, long cherished laws of nature simply do not apply. They vanish. And life? Life? Life forever. The officer the men trusted most was Frank McCray. Kate's father. They turned to him when Dr. Reinhardt ignored the orders to return home. He tried to take control of the Cygnus. Reinhardt called it mutiny and killed Mr. McCray. What became of the crew? They were captured by the sentry robots and are still on board. What? Where? In the command tower, the power center. Robots, Mr. Pizer. Humanoid robots. The most valuable thing in the universe. Intelligent life means nothing to Dr. Reinhardt. Without their wills, the crew became things he could command. That explains the funeral. Right. And the limping robot you spotted. Do you mean to tell me that there's actually a human body under that clothing? Exactly, Mr. Booth. We can't just take off and leave these poor devils behind. 
Harry, looks like we're going to have to try your plan. What? And end up just like the rest of the crew? Well, if they couldn't pull it off, what chance do we have? Captain, the damage is irreversible. Death is their only release. That's right. For God's sakes, Dan, we can't take on that mechanical army. Captain, I was forced to destroy two sentry robots. The others are searching now if they're found. Got you, Vincent. Charlie, start the countdown. Right. Vincent, tell Kate I want her and Alex back here on the double. Fix navigational course. You have achieved all this on your own, Dr. Reinhardt. And you would have every right to reject the request of a comparative stranger, but... What are you hoping for, Alex? Immortality? No. Scientific truth. Alex, we have to board right away. They're waiting to blast off. Alex, I will not have you throwing your life away for this. He can do it. I know he can. Oh, God, Alex. There's an entirely different world beyond that black hole. A point where time and space, as we understand it, no longer exists. We will be the first to see it, to explore it, to experience it. Damn it all, Dan. If we wait for Alex, we may be too late. Don't you see? He's hypnotized by that man. Vincent. Yes, Captain. Tell Kate we want her back here fast, with or without Alex. Tell her why. Kate is given the terrifying news and Reinhardt orders the reactors on. They are all fired up and Ernest Borgnine panics as Kate tries to talk Alex down from all of this crazy. Alex is so enticed by the ability to latch his wagon to the scientist's achievements, he's not even concerned with his own life anymore. He's been romanticized. Yes. Okay, now maybe this is just me, but did anybody else see sort of uh, homosexual relationships forming between the robots and between Reinhardt and Alex? That's just you. Was I just reading yeah, too much into it? Yeah, I think so. Because it looked like Alex was really kind of in love with the doctor, like the way he was admiring him and all of that stuff. It's a classic, like, 50s sci-fi trope. There's always that scientist that's so enamored of, of gaining new knowledge and so on that he'll give anything up, including his friends. So so his butthole is not off target. No, he's more in love with science. He's more in love with science? It's science. <laughs> yeah, but science is the way to he a scientist. He me with science. <laughs> he, he talked you out of your pants with science. It's it, it could happen. Science has its way with them? <laughs> <laughs> I bet science didn't wear a condom. <laughs> All right, so she tries to tell Alex about the death of the entire crew while trying to keep her composure while being in the same room with probably the biggest mass murderer in all of the galaxy. Certainly the biggest mass murderer on this ship. And uh, Reinhardt gets curious about what's going on, and Kate gets a little indignant with him when asked to stay as well, which then opens up an opportunity for Alex to expect one of the robot corpses. He pulls off, and I wrote this in my notes, I wish I would have had it earlier because it's a perfect description of what they look like. Mm -hmm. He pulls off the Cobra Commander mask. Yes! Right? Yep. <laughs> yep. And a nightmare-inducing corpse face is revealed underneath. Cobra! Holy. This movie's supposed to be for fucking kids. That thing's that terrifying. That scared the crap out of me when I saw this as a kid. Actually, the two scariest parts of this for me when I first saw it are really close together. You're going to be coming up on the second one here soon. That reveal definitely is one of those things where if you're the right age, you'll be like, holy fuck, what the hell, Disney? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's super dark. But Pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. Okay. Kate can barely stifle her scream whenever she sees this corpse face, and that leads us to our next clip. What are you doing? He would be dead by now. They all would be dead. It was the only way to keep them alive. One of my greatest achievements. But you told us the crew had left the ship. Some cause must have created all this. 
But what caused that cause? Come on, Kay, let's get you out of here. <laughs> Maximilian! All right, so with this, Maximilian shreds right through the book that Alex tries to use to defend himself, and I'm pretty sure right through Alex's chest, he Cuisinart's yep. his ass to death, killing mm-hmm. him. Holy Dis- shit. Yeah. Disembowelment in a Disney film. With no blood. They get away yeah. with it because there's, there's no, no blood. blood. They just but they do that it. shit. They imply it. And you it's know perfect. what's happening. Right. And little kids with their imaginations who can't tell the difference between what they're seeing yep. and reality at the right age that mm-hmm. would be watching a Disney film. Boom. Mm-hmm. Right there, those two things is like yeah. it's like a, a fork, a two pronged fork that's going to get you yeah. right in the heart. Oh yeah, <laughs> totally. I can totally see that. I knew right away. I was like, "This is the scene right here. This is what we're going to be talking about for Ryan's trauma." Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but we'll revisit that here at the next segment. Mm-hmm. So Reinhardt scolds Maximilian and attempts to have Kate protect him from Maximilian. So even Reinhardt is terrified of Maximilian, of the course. thing that he created. At this point, usually you when be? you create the monster, eventually it turns on you. Not if you give it love and kindness and nurturing. Well, I doubt he did that. Well, no, that's why it becomes a yeah, monster. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, there's a fine line between having a child and yes. creating a monster. Of course. Yeah. You have a lot of monsters. No, I don't. I have children. You don't. Well, they're clones. You're, yeah, but that doesn't make them your children. And they're all fucked up. That's because you cohabitate with me and raise them. <laughs> <laughs> it's your I fault. I only drink because they cry. You. They learned it by watching you, Matt. <laughs> You two need a moment? No, we're, we're, <laughs> we're good. We're in couples we're, counseling. We're good. We're fine. Wait, what are you, what's your problem? <laughs> Just stick <Yeah>. your car. <laughs> no, Ryan, this is how mommy and daddy talk yeah. to each other. It doesn't mean that they don't hate each other any less. No. We, we, it's we, not an argument. It's a discussion. <laughs> Ryan, we're not saying it's your fault. We're just saying we were much happier before you. <laughs> Poor bastard's roasting in a car. We got to get moving. Are you okay, Ryan? Can you breathe? Yeah. I'm good. Blink twice if you're okay. We're not on video. How will we know? (laughs) That's the whole thing. (laughs) Okay, so she responds with, and I didn't grab it as a clip, but I really fucking loved it. I had to write it down. Whenever Reinhardt asks her to protect him from Maximilian, she responds with, if there is any justice at all, the black hole will be your grave. That is such a badass badass line. This is where Kate moves up the rung to the list of people I want to survive. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that that's, line. that's as close to uh, yippee ki motherfucker, as you're going to get in a Disney flick. Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Reinhardt orders her to be taken to the hospital, which is code for turn her ass into a robot. Yes. Basically. Take her to the hospital, if you know what I mean. It's time to Borgify this bitch. <laughs> and the robots are like, okay, wait, turn her into a robot? Or doer. Which what do you mean by the know what I mean part? One, Just, then the other. <laughs> Whichever is better for you. God, I can do a Maximilian show. I didn't yeah, even know. Nice. Whichever is better for you, robots. One and then the other. Gotcha. <laughs> they cut from this to Reinhardt lies and says that the scientists have chosen to remain on board, which Dan and Charlie know is a fucking lie. Vincent chimes in and reports the truth just to make sure to say, no, that's not the case. And they are off to save Kate. Reinhardt orders the ship into the black hole, which we've been waiting for the entire film, as Captain Dan and the bots go to rescue Kate. It's at this point 
where the action amps up. And if you had any kind of uh, qualms about the lull as they were trying to develop the story about what's going to happen in the black hole, they make up for it in the last, what, 20 minutes of the film at this point, I think we have. Oh, yes, I think so. Yeah. It goes fucking balls out. In abundance. It's like every action sequence in Star Wars condensed to 20 minutes Mm -hmm. in the first Star Wars. Uh, Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, okay. Minus the lightsaber battles and all that. I got you, I got you. All right. He didn't hear what I said. Hee hee, I got away with it. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like you, buddy. Well, feelings mutual, dick. (laughs) All right. Don't call me dick, pal. (laughs) Don't call me pal, chump. Don't call me chump, buddy. Don't call me buddy, dick. God, we just did an Ocean's 12 routine. Yeah. Or or, or um a uh, a uh, South Park routine as well. Yeah. 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 I think they stole that and from I'm Ocean's just, 12. I, I'm just sitting back here thinking, is this free? Is this free? <laughs> <laughs> is this shrimp cocktail for anybody? <laughs> I have some of this. All right. So the hidden robot corpses that Vincent had destroyed earlier are finally found and shown to Reinhardt, who says it's time to liquidate the guests. I'm guessing that he just is going to kill everybody, and that was his plan all along. An alarm sounds throughout the entirety of the giant ship. Dan and the two bots sneak about to rescue Kate. The thrusters of the ship are fired up to head right into the black hole. Our heroes make it just in time to save Kate from her corpse bot fate, or Borgification. There is a laser blaster battle. Dan has a bit of a wrestle with a bot and then uses the mind-wiping laser. Do you think that's what it was? The neuralizer? Neuralizer? Yeah, yeah sure. sure. It does something to wipe the brain. Well, or, yeah. If it's going to do that to a metal robot's head, imagine what it's going to do to a human brain. Maybe it liquefies the brain and then makes it to where they can just basically be meat batteries. No, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. You can't destroy a Kate without frying her brain. That's right. Yeah. Mm, any questions? <laughs> <laughs> this is your Kate. This is your Kate on Borgification. Any questions? I have one. How much drugs does she do to be borgified? Mm, Slightly more than you. Oh. That's a good question. How many marijuanas would equal borgification? Four. Yeah, I was going to say four. (laughs) Four. I was literally going to say four. Four. You had a ready answer. Okay. Four marijuanas for borgification. Matt has done extensive testing in PSYOP labs. I'm on 15. (laughs) Kids, don't try it. It's not worth it. I'm scared. (laughs) All right. So it totally destroys that bot's head. And then he wrestles himself free and ends up getting Kate rescued just in time to avoid the laser. Does this remind anybody else of the old timey lady strapped to a log being ripped in half at a sawmill kind of routine where she's going around in circles? That's what it reminded me (laughs) of. I fucking love that. As he rescues Kate, more bots race in and are beaten down by a very sassy Vincent. He's not just using lasers at this point. He's fucking beating ass. He's sassy. He's like Kung Fu Robot at this point. It's badass. It is. Yeah. You wouldn't think that a little robot that's basically designed to look exactly like what you want to sell toys and merchandising to a kid could be so badass. Right. He's like BB-8 before BB-8 was a thing. Exactly. (laughs) He really is. And he can fly. Had all all those features that they retrofitted into R2-D2 in the prequels. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. I also wanted to point out, too, whenever they pull Kate out, that sort of foil outfit that she has on, that's kind kind of (laughs) of sexy to me by the way mm. not so much kate she doesn't yeah. really do it for me oh. but the foil outfit yeah maybe mm. put robert forrester in that and let me alone mm. with him in a room for a little bit hey 
I'm just saying. Beam me up, Scotty. Maybe I watched too many Earth, Wind, and Fire concerts to you, like that foil outfit. You think so? I think that might be it. <laughs> well, anyway, as soon as they get Kate free, they all skedaddle and are hiding in corpse bot gear. Uh, anybody else recognize the obvious ploy to A New Hope slash the first Star Wars movie? Yes. Mm-hmm. I so saw that there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally didn't care at this point. I was having a blast. I even wrote in my notes, the Star Wars influence is obvious here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you can't get mad because they do it so well. No, absolutely. Yeah. If As far as Star Wars uh, influenced films, let's just go that route because this changes it enough to where it's not a ripoff like a Star mm-hmm. Crash or what have you. Mm-hmm. This is probably one of the finer ones made and I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. So Reinhardt orders the centuries to fire on all humanoids because he knows that they're hiding in bot gear. So there's more blaster battles that continue as these centuries prove to be worse shots than stormtroopers. I didn't think that was possible, but they miss even more than stormtroopers. That's amazing. They got double the barrels and they have half the accuracy. They're not even trying. <laughs> I think they're, they're they're morally objected to this. Yes. They're like, no, I don't want to kill. We don't want to be killed by our masters. So just like, oh, I'm just so bad at shooting. <laughs> the shootout that happens here where they're at the crosswalk at the top and they have the higher ground and all the robots are shooting down. It's kind of obvious that that crosswalk is just loaded with mannequins that are dressed up like these guys during the blaster yeah. battle. And then they sort of animate in the blasters later. It feels a little padded at first, but once it gets going and they start shooting the robots down, you just, you kind of go with it. It was, it was a lot mm-hmm. of fun, so it doesn't yeah. really matter. But I did notice that. I'm like, ooh, obviously mannequins. And then like two seconds later, I'm like, but they're blowing them up. Yay. The Vincent action keeps it interesting. Yeah, absolutely. The shootouts actually really work for this and the way that Vincent goes flying around them, which is why they probably had to have them still so they could animate or drag the Vincent robot on uh, like wires or what have you to go in between them. Also, you don't want to have people falling off of that great of a height. So why not make a mannequin? Yeah, right. Yeah. Kind of like putting a podcaster in a hot car to do a show. (laughs) Yes. Why do it? You don't put the real podcaster in there. You put a, a, a mannequin in there. Yeah, and then you yeah. let the podcaster pretend that he's in the hot car. You don't make him call from exactly. the hot car. Um, by the way, maybe a bad time to bring it up. I forgot to pick up the mannequin at the store. Oh, no. Yeah. We need to move. <laughs> okay, so Bob is almost destroyed, but Vincent ends up saving him here. Reinhardt is pissed and has a mini paper clips moment, flapping his head like a cartoon villain. That made me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. It reminded me of like Cobra Commander's <laughs> freakouts in yes. that scene. Yes. I was waiting for him to be like, WTI <laughs> Yeah, he's just totally freaking out. It was so mm-hmm. hilarious. All right, so he orders the death of everyone, and even if they escape, he's going to blow up the ship. Total dick move. He's not going to let them just get away. What a baby. He's going into the black hole. He's either going to die or he's going to escape anybody that's going to come for him from doing this, and yet he's going to kill them out of spite because he's a fucking child. Yeah. Like a total dictator, an orange Tito covered dictator pulling on his puff (laughs) anyway charlie disobeys whenever he's told to stay in the ship and he and harry charge into battle harry gets a bum leg or so we think and charlie says it's okay for him to head back to the ship and it turns out that the dirty coward was faking it who would have thought that ernest borgnine would double cross you you dirty bastard he's a missed opportunity for like a kaiser soza moment there you know (laughs) (laughs) he starts walking away normally yeah yeah like let him limp for a minute and then let him start walking normally
only once mm-hmm. Charlie disappears. That would have been totally cool. You're right. All right. So he goes and he hides out after it's revealed that he's faking it. Charlie shoots up the bots uh, heroically in the back. He just sneaks in from behind yeah. and shoots them. Yeah. I don't know how much more heroically you can shoot a bot. No, he's right he, in the back. <laughs> is it just me or did he let out kind of, you know, wide erp, you know, woohoo, whatever? No, nope. he totally did. He went yeehaw okay. as he's doing yeah. the shooting. He was hanging out with Slim Pickens too much behind the scenes. A lot of cowboys <laughs> in space. Well, yeah, you have space cowboys and you have space truckers. I was trying not to go there. If, <laughs> if we do Space Cowboy, you're going to play that too. <laughs> Some people call me a Space Cowboy. Is there? No, there's only one Space Cowboys I can think of. Well, no, the beginning of the song goes. Everyone, I know, but yeah. th- there's only one thing that would really fit that. Oh, okay. And we see the ship getting closer and closer to the titular black hole. So it's the title character, right? So is the black hole the hero of the film? Of course. It does kind of save the day. I love that black hole. That's such a clip. Coincidentally, I was looking for a porn parody called The Black Hole. <laughs> black Hole? <laughs> See if I could find a black hole porn. It's got to be out there. Black hole porn? Yeah. I'm into it. <laughs> there you go. There. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the gravitational pull of black hole porn. You can't escape it. <laughs> you like that one too? Yeah, that was a good one. There you go. <laughs> All right. So Harry fires up their ship and abandons the rest of them like the coward that he is. And just as they get to where it is docked, they see it floating away. God, their hearts had to sink like that. Yeah. Uh, fuck. And I think the actress who plays Kate does it the best. The look on her face where she's like in shock disbelief and angry and scared Mm -hmm. she does that really well okay so he actually inadvertently saves all of their lives as the ship is shot down by Reinhardt like he said was going to happen and then it crashes into the bigger ship and that leads us to our last clip I should have known he was all talk no guts and locked him up. We may have done us a favor, Charlie. At least we're alive. And where there's life. Actually, that's not what he had in mind. He was trying to save his own skin. There is a saying that you can't unscramble eggs. A penny's worth of philosophy right now isn't going to buy us out of this now, Vincent. A good offense is the best defense. And what? Go after Reinhardt and turn the ship around? It's too late for all that. There is an alternative. The probe ship. Vincent, you're a genius. As they all hightail it towards the probe when they realize that that's their last chance to escape... A meteor shower starts smashing into the large ship because, for fuck's sakes, there's not enough danger going on in a ship (laughs) that's flying towards a black hole. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. At At this point in the writing room, they were like, why not? It makes sense, though. If a black hole is there and it's going to suck a meteor shower in and the ship's in the way, it's going to take some damage, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, let, let's go. Giant floating lava rocks <laughs> in space hitting the ship. I'm in. Let's go. Why not? <laughs> okay, so it does some serious damage. There, We're talking like all of the levels are destroyed. There's little of this ship left at all. And one even ends up doing like this Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark roll through the main corridor. Do lose his hat no it's like the big boulder and it's just oh, yeah, big yeah. enough yeah yeah and it just it's just rolling right towards them down the mm-hmm. middle of this main corridor and i like how they're like on this crosswalk and they see it coming at them it's like this ball of space lava i don't know what else to call it you know yeah <laughs> at this point the science has gone completely out the window well when it's in the gravitational force of the black hole we don't really know how hot meteors and cold space would be right fair fine. enough Fine, mm-hmm. fine. It's not science. It's fun. You can see things around the, you know, the black hole around your anus. Oh, I wasn't complaining. I was just making an observation. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I totally am. I'm, I'm pushing the I believe button here at this point. I don't even care. And I'm also like, it's a movie geared towards kids, and it's a Disney flick. Disney's not known for their realism. Yeah. yeah. Let's just put it yeah. that way. 
<laughs> okay, so the crew is on that little walkway and they're running for their lives. I really enjoyed that composite shot. I thought that was really well done too. Mm-hmm. They cut through the food atrium that we were referring to earlier uh, in some of the clips where all of the food is grown. And they have another shootout as a meteor tears open a hole in the atrium, causing a vacuum and sucking things out into space. If that was made out of glass, I think the entire thing would have went and everybody would have died, but we're going to ignore the science behind that too. Of course. Yes. Okay, so Bob is almost actually sucked out of that as well, but Captain Dan and Charlie end up saving him by grabbing a hold. And were they freezing? Was it like instantly cold in there, like because all the heat was pulled out into space? Yes, Like the sub-zero temperatures that's were what I got It's out. a vacuum. Yeah. I was assuming that's what they were doing, because they also started turning gray and everything looked like it was freezing so they all probably would have died super fast too but mm-hmm. ignore the science it doesn't matter it's just have some fun just have some fun you know just have fun yeah okay so vincent cuts a path open by cutting open the door that was i guess shut it was just locked or whatever he ends up cutting it free and the crew makes it just on the other side of the door and they shut it they run for their lives as reinhardt loses his shit and orders an increase in maximum power he's not going to stop he actually wants to accelerate how fast they get pushed maximum power he's like i'm not dying fast enough please send me into the hole the black hole (laughs) that's a clip (laughs) (laughs) all right so they are going through no matter what and as they go near the black hole the structural integrity of the ship gives way shit everywhere just starts to implode it's nuts this has reinhardt order maximilian to prepare the probe ship before he is crushed by a huge flat screen monitor this movie actually saw flat screen monitors yeah. in 79. Yeah. yeah. It predicted it. Yep. Even though it sparks like a monitor with a CRT in it because they didn't know any better. Yeah, well, I mean. They predicted flat screen monitors. Yeah. Pure and simple. Yeah. He ends up begging for help to Maximilian and to all of the robot corpses around him, but nothing either hears him or really gives two fucks about him, <laughs> and they just leave him there crushed underneath that monitor. Then we see that the ship is getting closer to the black hole and the showdown between Maximilian and the crew then commences because he's there waiting when they get to the probe ship. Maximilian is pretty much blaster proof. He's impervious to their fire. Doesn't really seem to affect him in any way, shape, or form. So Vincent shoves him using all of his thrust aside and pushes him out of the way so that the remaining crew can make it onto the probe ship and he allows the others to escape. The two throw down as they battle in and out of the ship. This part got really cool really yeah. fast where Vincent goes out into space to battle with him and Max ends up following him and goes slamming him against the other side of the ship and then he has some kind of like I don't know if that was supposed to be like a like we had a magnetic harpoon if Maximilian was doing was like a magnetic grip to hold on and or if it was like an electric thing where he's trying to EMP Vincent or what was happening there but he has this weird shock grip on Vincent and then Vincent pops open this drill and just drills a hole right into Maximilian's exterior armor plating and pretty much Cuisinart's his circuits just like he did to Alex. Yeah. Poetic justice. Yeah. This was like almost making up for watching Anthony Perkins die like that. <laughs> almost. Not quite, but yeah. And it ends up causing him to float away towards the black hole. They cut from this to the crew climbing up towards the probe ship as the main ship 
starts to further implode. Vincent goes to save Bob, who goes all emo as he dies and just says, let him be, or something along those lines. He's just, he's basically, you be the example of our model, show him our perfection. So Bob actually gets his shit back together and is a lot less emo here and realizes that he was more powerful than he thought. Yeah. So this is how Bob got his groove back before he died. (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why i made that yeah that was there that was a thing that's a thing now Mm -hmm. that happened we can talk about it all right so vincent flies off and we see the crew as charlie is pulled out to the black hole he is saved by vincent the crew boards the probe ship and launches free from the collapsing ship and the black hole with more terrific visual effects as it goes through but oh no the ship was programmed to go into the black hole as well and so off they go then we get some really weird trippy shit that starts happening in the black hole as they go through did anybody else kind of see a little bit of an influence from 2001 a space odyssey yep. here yeah yep. a little bit maybe a little bit mm-hmm. i was waiting mm-hmm. for one of them to turn into a star baby but instead of that instead of the star baby we get a weird robot hybrid thing that happens yes that that happens yeah all right so yeah. M- maximilian shell is in maximilian's shell <laughs> you were holding on to that the whole review weren't you uh yes <laughs> <laughs> gonna scratch that out of my notes because he got there first <laughs> seriously it is a little bit long here where they're going through the black hole but i get what they're going for here and the visual effects are so fucking trippy that i'm just in and i'm like you know what fuck it it's an hour and a half give me five six minutes of trippy shit at the end of the movie i'm good with that um and it definitely finishes with some really strong trippy shit there when you see the shot of them floating Floating off in space. And then, as we mentioned, Maximilian the robot embraces Reinhardt. And so he already made the joke, so I'm going to let it be. Yep, you got to let it be. The two become one, and not in a very pleasing sexual way. (laughs) (laughs) And they are in the black hole. Okay, then we start seeing this really weird hell-like vision and imagery with the robed figures walking around what looks like a pit of volcanic flames. It's Mm -hmm. super trippy. And the Maximilian hybrid with Reinhardt is there above them, almost like he is the horned red devil they were talking talking about at the beginning of the film anybody else get that idea mm-hmm. yeah so they brought it back yeah. to the circle to the yes. beginning yeah mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden we see a sort of mirrored hallway that transforms with a female spirit that looks almost angelic kind of traveling through it or like a, a half translucent woman traveling through the mirrored room mm-hmm. which then you see the probe coming out of that mirrored hallway on the other side with the remaining crew still alive there is a shot of an eclipse as the ship is headed towards it and roll credits. Okay, Matt. Yes. What age do you think this film could have a damaging effect on a child? Uh, I mean, extremely young. Like, like I'm going to say like eight and under. Eight and under? Eight and under. I was kind of thinking the same thing. If you're around eight and yeah. under, depending it's, too. And also, if you go back in time, like yeah. the early 80s, maybe like. Early 80s, late 70s, maybe where this isn't so out there, you know, that, that where, type of movie. Where it's more out there than yeah. what it is yeah. now. Like, yeah. I would say probably 10 or 11, maybe. Yeah, too. maybe even then, yeah. yeah. Okay, so Ryan, you've been holding this uh, story in for so long. Tell us about the terror experience of the time you saw the black hole i was five wow yeah that'll get it done Mm -hmm. yeah that'll do Mm -hmm. it buddy that'll definitely do it yeah and whenever i whenever i saw this i think it was on tv you know i'm thinking to myself you know i like star wars i like disney what could be better and then yeah yeah and whenever yeah and 
you you have it pegged exactly. The um, whenever he pulls off that mask and we see that you know zombified cyborg thing, you know that was the first shock, and then right after it, you know seeing Maximilian disembowel that, and I re- and I can actually still remember thinking to myself as he's starting to shred that book that was of Reinhardt's notes that he's holding in front of him. I'm like, no, no, this is gonna happen. This is gonna happen. This isn't gonna happen. Oh, it just happened. So. <laughs> Wow. So yeah, that traumatized me, and then the very end of the film just confused me. So I could totally see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. That uh, the ending of the film is very esoteric, very mm-hmm. trippy, and it's a little too much Yodorowsky for a five-year-old. <laughs> just a little too yeah. much. Yeah. I mean, I like Yodorowsky, but now I do. You know. Yeah, a five-year-old should not be experiencing yeah. the kind of... Even if you remove the sexualized visuals, just the mm-hmm. weird, esoterically trippy stuff of Yodorowsky, you should mm-hmm. not be laying on a five-year-old brain. They don't have the capacity yeah. to understand that. Unless yeah. it's me at five. I probably would have been fine at five with Yodorowsky. I'm just saying, because, you know, I'm a fucking genius. Mm-hmm. No, I'm kidding. No, no five-year-old <laughs> no five-year-old should be seeing Yodorowsky. So. And this film, totally, dude. You, Oh, my God, five years old. I wonder mm-hmm. how many people out there actually experience this at that young of an age or maybe even younger. Yeah. I mean, like, I saw The Wizard of Oz at around that time, like four or five. I'll mm-hmm. just give you the example because that's yeah. the story my mom always tells me. And I was terrified by the monkeys and the witch and everything. Yeah, the monkeys me. didn't freak me out, but that fucking witch got to me and I was about the same age yeah. as you probably when I first mm-hmm. saw it. If I would have seen this mm-hmm. at four or five, I probably would have had oh, the same story. Oh, yeah. And this would have been yeah, one of the yeah. first things we covered on the show. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I saw thinking, Disney, it's going to be kids safe. Right. Uh, nope. Yeah. Nope. It was like this, uh, something wicked this way comes. There was like a late 70s, early 80s run of Disney films yeah. that were completely un-Disney. Yeah. <laughs> For Walt Disney's dark time. Yeah. The time that I was really into like Disney, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> the time that I would have been like, well, fuck Disney, let's go. It's when Walt went through his court phase. <laughs> I'm a face. You're a face. It's a face. It's a face. <laughs> we'll have to get Dave to record that for us. <laughs> I totally get where you're coming from here. You you described it earlier where you said that um, you were basically expecting like a Star Wars influenced film that you would be able mm-hmm. to kind of have a fun ride with, you know, knockoff mm-hmm. lightsabers and, you know, fun battle. And then like a Jedi right. that disappears before he gets killed and becomes one with the right. force. But instead right. you get a guy, get his guts Cuisinarted through a book. Yeah. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. After the reveal of the corpsification and Borgification of an entire crew. Mm-hmm. And you get a corpse face reveal whenever Cobra commander's shield gets ripped off and you're five. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. man. I was expecting diet seven up and ended up with hundred proof Stoli. Oh, <laughs> Oh, yeah, <laughs> that'll do. That'll give some of that rot gut. Yeah, Oof. Mm-hmm. yeah. This is way too grown up of a concept for a kid to be watching. This mm-hmm. probably should have been in the PG thirteen realm, or at least PG. You know, to, to I let... think it actually was PG. I think it. I think that actually this was one of the first Disney films that you know broke the G rating and went into PG. Oh, I was going. I don't remember where I read that, but it wouldn't surprise me. I was going that's by true. the the original. 70s trailer that I pulled up for the uh-huh. audio clip had it rated uh-huh. as G. So oh, okay. that's what I was going by. But oh, okay. you know what? It very well could have been GP or PG as well. It fucking mm-hmm. should have been. <laughs> Parents yeah, should have been warned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it definitely, that's a pretty good analogy for it. You were expecting Diet mm-hmm. 7 up and you got straight up fucking 100 proof Stoli. <laughs> <laughs> Who put this Seagram 7 in my 7 up? <laughs> and then you see me whistling. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. No, Matt, if you put that in there, you'd be drinking it before anybody else got a chance. It's true. Hey, Matt, yeah, did you put that uh, Seagram's and that guy's 7-Up? Yeah, I sure did. Well, where is it? Where's what? <laughs> <laughs> totally, though. This is like anytime Matt brings a water bottle to the studio, you know not to even ask for a sip. Pure vodka. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Pure vodka. You light that thing right now, this whole, this whole lab goes... <laughs> it's basically badly fucking strained rubbing alcohol through like a filter. <laughs> ah. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're going to take a little break here. We're going to play a promo for another podcast. And when we come back, we will have some PSYOP news. Bad movies. The world is full of them. From low budget crap fests to downright unwatchable and only two men are willing to watch them all so climb in and take your seat this is short bus cinema let's do it hey everyone this is johnny krug from kruger nation and this is rick morgan from the helming power hour We have decided to team up and take you where no one has gone before. We're on a quest to find the world's worst movie, and we're doing it on the bus. Driving through cult classics in every genre to find the holy grail of bad movies. So if you're looking for something different and more fun than you can stand, then climb on in. Short Bus Cinema is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. That's right, yo! Short Bus Cinema. We love to watch the movies you hate. Ryan has decided to stick it out with us for the news. What a fucking badass. Yeah, Ryan. Gotta how be, you doing, buddy? Gotta be sweltering in that heat. Ryan? Hey, hey Ryan? Ryan? Hey, buddy. Oh, Ryan? Ryan? Hey, big guy. Are, are you there? Ryan? Buddy? Ryan? Al? Ryan? Oh, shit. I think you might be dead. We shouldn't have fucking kept him in that car for that long. I feel kind of bad about disabling his windows now. You what? I just thought it would make the show interesting. Why? I don't know. Jesus fucking Christ. You're the one who locked the doors. I didn't. Wait. What? We do have remote control of his car. Yeah. Okay, hang on a minute. All right. Okay. We got him. 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 All right. It, it's uh, on Star Cable. Uh-huh. Fuck, he doesn't have a subscription. Mother dick, this give, is not the time to chance out on your subscription. Give me your man. fucking credit card. No, no you give you, Give me your fucking credit card. I don't have one. Why don't you have a credit card? I mashed them all out at the bar. You're going to kill this guy what? because you can't fucking stop drinking. Labs. Jesus fucking. Cr- oh. Did you already max out the lab's credit card? God damn it, you fucking asshole. I'm, just, I'm sorry. All right, fine. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, okay, there we go. I'm in Ricky Morgan's account. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. That's right. There we go. Yeah. There, that, that makes sense. Okay, he's going to pay for it. He's got all the money. Subscription, Ryan. Fayetteville, PA. Mm-hmm. Enabled. Okay, we're good. All right, all right. All right, the process went through. All right, I just called OnStar, and I'm sending a distress signal. 
Hopefully he's going to be okay. Wait, huh. I shouldn't, right? What? You know that most modern pacemakers have the ability to where you can actually kind of monitor them remotely. I think that's a huge invasion of privacy. I know, but... So you should definitely do it. I want to make sure he's okay. Yeah, that's all we're doing this for. Okay, he's good. He's fine? Yeah, it hasn't triggered. Is it faint? No. Oh, no, okay. He's good, he's good. Actually... He might um, just be clawing at the windows at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, I unlocked the door. That? Okay, he's out. Yeah. He's out. All he's right. getting breath. There we go. Maybe we shouldn't have disabled the starter so he couldn't cool off the car. That wasn't my idea. Fuck. Let's just count this as a mistake and lessons learned. Yeah. We both had ideas about what we wanted Should to do with I the try car. To call him back? I wouldn't. I okay. bet he's angry. Let's let him cool off a little bit. Literally. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? While we're waiting for him to cool off, yeah. give me some psyops. <laughs> This one comes from Dan of the Corrupted Youth Podcast. Yes. And uh, it's the story. Police shoot unarmed Batman cosplayers at Australian sex party. Oh, he did post that. Yes. Yeah. Holy fuck, Of course right? that was going to get my attention. <laughs> Yeah, cosplaying can't even be safe anymore. No. Cosplay lives matter, people. I mean, good Lord. In Australia, almost every piece of wildlife is trying to kill you, and you're killing the cosplayers? Come on. Yeah. I mean, point those guns outside where they belong. They have spiders bigger than your fucking head. I know. And you have a huge head. Exactly. You're like a bobblehead on a human body. I, well, not, let's not go that far. I'm quite fat enough to support this head. <laughs> Anyway. Tell me more about this shooting of poor cosplayers. Yes. This is ridiculous. I know. Australian police shot a man dressed as the Joker and a woman dressed as Harley Quinn late Saturday night. Is it weird? I want to see that. Not the shooting, but the sex. The, the dressing? The sex party. Oh. Yeah. The cosplay sex party? Yeah. Okay. The only way a bunch, be, of, a bunch of nerds I, got I, together I, and had an orgy. That's how I say it in my prayers every night <laughs> to a non-existent God. But you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, right? Okay. Cosplaying sex party, not so bad. But what if they were dressed like Joker and Harley Quinn from the latest Suicide Squad movie? Is uh, that justifiable? Not <laughs> the Harley side. Quinn, but maybe the uh, not maybe the, the Harley Joker. Quinn. You actually the Joker, like the Harley Quinn? Yeah, I don't. It's a uh, thing. Was it a thing? For that's you? a thing. Yeah, yeah. You just like blonde, the actress? That's a thing. Yeah. So a bunch of a bunch of uh, right. people get so anyway, together cosplaying. After being called, they just had a bukkake mouth party. Were they cosplaying? They, they were cosplaying yeah. that. Uh, the penguin was in the middle. Circle jerk. Yeah, exactly. Um, after being called to the night, is it a threesome if it's like poison ivy with Two Face? Yeah, anybody with two faces usually a threesome. Is that a threesome? A yeah. It's a thing. It's a thing. Thank yeah, you, David. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Um, uh, after being called to the nightclub inflation where a costume sex party was taking place while the Holly Quinn cosplayer merely sustained a non-lethal flesh wound. Basically a cock meat sandwich. Exactly. In her leg, her partner was rushed to the Royal Melbourne Hospital where he was initially in critical condition before eventually being stabilized. Would you go to a cosplay sex party? I mean, to video it. Everyone will be coming on my face. Oh, At the cosplay God damn sex it. party? See, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what if it's an all-dudes cosplay sex party? I've had seven dicks inside of me. There, that's, there's that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At that party? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So when it's a bunch of nerds, do you have to say this? Listen, I can fuck any face, but goddamn the smell, my friend. Probably. You can't turn off the nose. Right. If it's like really like real nerds. Yeah, mm -hmm. probably. Yeah. You I mean, know, they don't shower all that often. Yeah. And you know what? The other problems of nerds, if we're going to just really start piling on. What's that? Afraid of vaginas. They are afraid of vaginas. <laughs> you got to dress it up like Harley Quinn to make them interested. If you want a fear boner. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, according to the police, they opened fire on the couple because the man dressed 
dressed as the Joker, allegedly brandished a gun at them. Gotta love a girl who can take a punch. Exactly. But security for the event said they verified the gun was not real, and witnesses who were attending the Saints and Sinner Ball claimed that the man was not holding it at the time of the shooting. So did he die? Well, he was holding the gun, but no, he stabilized. Stay right sex now. with a dead thing. Yeah, well, that too. I mean, he was holding a weapon, just not the gun. <laughs> it was an intimidating weapon, so they it, had to shoot him. It was a holdup. It's micro penis time with humongous balls. <laughs> <laughs> Venue staff has stated that the male victim was not holding anything in his hand. Mm-hmm. This is like traces of death fucked to porno. Exactly. Club owner Martha Themis said in a Facebook post. And we're back to dicks. Uh-huh. He rather, said that? Yeah. Uh, rather, uh, rather, he was in a compromising position with his female partner. Thank you for considering the well-being of my tits. Which is a normal activity in the nature of this event. It's going to cost you some serious cock. <laughs> Lisa Hardeman, <laughs> the superintendent of Victoria Police Department's Northwest Metro Region, stated that the some 40 critical incident response team police officers showed up at the scene after receiving multiple phone calls from other partygoers who had seen the Joker's gun and mistaken it for the real thing. I'm advocating corpse fucking here. However, Samus said no guests contacted security with concerns about the weapon. You want to do a little ass play? It's what they kept asking the cops because yeah. they thought they were a part of the game. One of the top comments on this article is the club holder's name is Martha. Martha! Why'd you say that name? Why'd you say that name? <laughs> Martha! <laughs> I was a little boy. <laughs> they killed my parents. <laughs> now I dress up like a bat <laughs> and fly over rooftops. Uh, Pete Holmes doing that is just hilarious. In my car. In my car. I hate that! <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah, God, that's just a fucking sad story. That is, man. You're just trying to enjoy. I mean, at least no one died, but you're just trying to enjoy getting a little nookie. This was not the kind of shooting that in you the wanted. in the privacy of your own sex club. This and- is not the sickness with which I am down. <laughs> But I'm just saying, you know, you're trying to enjoy some sexy times in the privacy of your own sex club, and then things happen. It ruins everything. Yep. Will you play with this razor blade while I just sit over here? No. If you want a fear boner. That'll do. That'll do it. I've got popcorn. If I'm going to have to watch you two suck each other off, let's get it going. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who was I talking to? You and who, who was, was our guest? Me and Duncan. Yeah, was that Duncan? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you guys were particularly yeah. all over each other that show. Yeah. Why are you ghosting me? <laughs> and not in the cool way like the band. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta do Will you make pottery story? with me? <laughs> oh, <my> <laughs> <love>. <laughs> no, I don't have anything else. All right, we're going to do a check. Yeah. yeah, he's still alive. We're good. We're still good? Yeah, he's still good. Oh, man, we dodged a bullet on that one. Oh. Oh, oh, right. nope, we're good. Oh. Yeah, actually, um, hang on. Uh, Danny's credit card information. Ooh. And, okay, I'm going to move Danny's health care over. Yeah, it's probably for the best. Yeah, and also we're going to throw in a little bit. Okay, so now Ryan Ooh. is a dependent of both Danny and Ricky. We're oh, good. well, that's good. That's nice. Those guys are, you know, they're, they're good people. They won't mind. They're good peeps. They won't care. Yeah. Their premiums just went to shit, but they're fine. Yeah. It's a thing. It's, it'll be okay. It's a thing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, David. Yeah. All right, so that's it for the fucking news. Yeah, fuck that. Fuck that. Um, news we'd like to extend our best wishes to ryan and hopefully that he will recover from the heat exhaustion from being in the car podcasting with us i mean listen it was an honest mistake we're gonna play a promo for another podcast we're going to play a little bit of music and then we will close out this very somber occasion show hello this is the doom show keep on keeping on and keep on trucking america <laughs>
we don't listen to our feedback because we don't get any. <laughs> the truth hurts. I just alienated the two people that give us constant feedback. Sorry, guys. That's gotta go. <laughs> That's gotta go in there. So on the show, uh, we talk about giallo movies and slasher movies and cult movies. Sometimes we even talk about Cameron Mitchell and his movies. I am Richard. Who are you? I'm Brad, the guy that's not Richard, or Jeffrey, or Simon. That's right. We have four people, and we always talk at once, except to each other. Jeffrey lives up north. Simon lives across the world. Richard lives in Penis, Alabama. Hello, This is the Doom Show is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Check out the other shows on legionpodcast.com. You can check out more Hello, This is the Doom Show at hellodoomshow.podomatic.com or at doommoviethon.com. Check for our Amazon exclusive Hello, This is the Doom Show cookbook. Do you like hot dogs? (laughs) We got them. Do you like mac and cheese? We got it. Do you like cheddar? We have it. Actually, we don't. No, no cheddar. Just Colby. Colby Jack. Hello, this is the Doom Show. We never gave up on you because you never gave up on us. Wow. Uh, Court, Matt, I could have used a little help from you guys earlier on. At least a little bit of follow-up would have been nice. One minute I'm rocking out the Cygnus X1 and I must have been rocking out so hard that I let one go and, um... I'm guessing I passed out. All I know is I woke up 20 minutes later, you know, still with the nasty stench wafting about in here. Uh, I don't remember eating anything bad, but anyway. Oh, there went another one. Oh, God. Oh, God. Guys, uh, never mind. Ugh. sorry that he wasn't able to hear us playing his selection here but i'd like to thank ryan for picking out this song from rush you'll hear it and you'll hear the sincerity in our voices about how sad we felt cygnus x1 book one the voyage which makes sense because they talk about a black hole within the song perfect absolutely perfect not right on the nose in any way shape or form and so, since he's not here to talk about his podcast, I would like everyone to go out and seek out Abnormal State Theater, currently available through iTunes. You can also do a search through the Googles for Abnormal State Theater and find the feed there and bring it into your podcatcher yourself. I highly recommend it. He puts a lot of work into the show, and I rather enjoy it myself as well. And I'm not just saying that because we nearly killed the man by heat exhaustion. Listen to that man's show. We nearly killed him with heat exhaustion. That's I why think Matt's we could be in trouble. It. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's some legal issues we have now. Don't listen to his goddamn show, will you? Yeah, maybe. maybe and he it's won't also really charges. well put together, and he does a lot of fucking work on yeah, that thing. Yeah, it's a great I mean, show. Holy shit. He's a one man show over here. Yeah, and he's hoping to be able to include some other folks maybe yeah. on the show as well. So let's uh, wish him the best on that. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I'm not going to be in the fucking car with him, though. <laughs> 
podcasting from the car with Ryan of Abnormal State Theater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, you can find us on legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. I'm Court Psyops on Facebook. Matt is Matt Psyop. You can email feedback to Matt, psyopmatt at gmail.com. Let him know that the black hole is, in fact, a sexual position that he should try. <laughs> you can email feedback to Court, cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com. Show him that black hole porn parody that he's been joking about. Is that sexual move anything like hitting the thermal exhaust port? Yes. Only is it just with your penis instead of your two testicles? Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Thermal exhaust port is where you stick both your balls in the other person's asshole. Is that possible? I don't know. That's why it only takes a Jedi to do it. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> okay, so you can find us on Twitter to twit a couple of tweets to a couple of twats. I'm at court underscore psyop. You can twit some photos of your black holes to Matt at Psyop Matt. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, I'm forwarding those tweets to you. That's going to totally be a thing. It's a thing. Thanks, Dave. All right, folks, thank you for downloading and listening to this episode. Kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. Ha! <laughs>